Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frogs. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your hosts Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to keeping it strong style The ace of podcasts On the social suplex podcast network Jeremy Donovan here Joined by the young boy Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be previewing Best of the Super Juniors 26, answering your questions, and of course, covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get all of our podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by Powerslam.tv. Powerslam TV is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 4,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use promo code SOCIALSUPLEX to get your first month free. Also, make sure you check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, prowrestlingtees.com. Slash social suplex, and that's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. Shout out to our boy Rambones Slam Pig, who was rocking his Keeping It Strong style t-shirt t-shirt this weekend, enjoying some craft beers. Yeah, I saw that photo. I was like, oh snap, getting over in these streets. <laughs> no, yeah, thank you for uh, tweeting that out. That was actually really, really cool. Anytime I see that sort of stuff, it, I'm just like smiling, you know. Uh, I was at the UFC, I was at Winghouse last night watching the UFC show, <clears throat> which that's a whole other topic I don't want to talk about. <laughs> um, tough night. I, uh, bro, every fighter I like lost. Oh my gosh. Anyways, but yeah, uh, you tweeted that out to me and I saw that and I was like, that's really, really, really cool. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate that. Rambone Slam Pig. And uh, we're here with the, the Sunday night heat energy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Best of the Super Junior Tournament is started. We're recording uh, Sunday evening, 8 o'clock Eastern Time right now. Uh, so, Best of the Super Juniors will be starting tomorrow, Monday. Prime time. Yeah. Prime time <laughs> in a strong style. So, yeah, we wanted to get this out um, a little bit before the tournament kicked off. Um, 
Let's drop it. Mon- let's drop it Monday. Let's go head to head with keeping it strong or with uh, One Nation Radio. Well, they dropped it today, but I don't. I don't know if they recorded it. Nothing's dropped yet. But don't they drop Mondays or no? No, they drop Sundays. God, we need we need more. We need a show on Monday so we can uh, usurp them and offend them. <laughs> I mean, we we could offend One Nation Radio by dropping today after we're done. Oh snap! Let's do that. <laughs> Since they're always like, you know, clowning which dates we actually drop our shows. I don't know why it's so confusing for them. Okay, guys, it's real simple. We drop on Tuesdays. We record Monday night. The show never drops Monday during any, mon- like, Monday time zone at all. Like, it drops at, most of the time, midnight, right? Yeah. Midnight, which is Tuesday. You cannot get the show until Tuesday. Uh, the good thing is, you know, Rich will hear that. James won't because he don't listen to our show. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's real simple. Show comes out every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank you to uh, everybody who's uh, signed up for our best of the Super Junior uh, prediction contest. When is the cutoff? So by the time you're hearing this, the form will probably be closed since the tournament starts tomorrow. I got to do mine tonight then. Yeah. I haven't done mine. I'm doing mine this year. Even though, like, I'm I'm not confident in mine at all. Like, I was booking some weird stuff on my thing, and I was like... I feel super confident. I, I, I've i got the vision. I know exactly what's going down this mm. year. It's going to be Kushida versus Ishimori in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And let me tell you why. Let's go on a 15-minute rant, and I'll tell you why this is happening. Oh, man. Oh, man. That was like... Yeah. Anytime... um. I predict something correctly. Let's go back to that and just rem- like remind the the viewers and the or the the listeners. I am the man who predicted for sure that Kushida Ishimori would be your final next year or last year, and that Ishimori would win, which did not happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily for people entering, you know, this preview is going to be out before they can. Oh yeah, I can't screw with anybody this year. Yeah, like I can't influence people or mess them up. Like yeah, it's way. Way different this year. Yeah. All right, so let's get jumped in on this uh, preview here for Best of Super Juniors 26. And I think the first thing we have to address while talking about this tournament, um, we had some replacements. Uh, Flip Gordon having some visa issues. Uh, did an interview with Fightful.com if you want the full details on exactly what went down with Flip and why he had issues getting into Japan with the current visa he had and all that stuff. Check out that interview on Fightful, but Flip Gordon not able to come to Japan due to some visa issues. What? Who's at fault? What happened? So, initially, so he was supposed to be on the Honor Rising tour. Yeah. And so the visa he had was for the Honor Rising tour, and he was going to be able to get, like, re-entry for Best of Super Juniors with that visa, but because he never ended up being on the Honor Rising tour, like, there was something with the visa that it didn't go through because he didn't come the he first time. He didn't come the first time, so he couldn't get re-entry. He only had re-entry approved. Right, and then I guess, like, his other visa or something like that was, like, expired or whatever. He didn't have enough time to, like, get a new one or something like that. Well, I mean, he had plenty of time. He, I mean, like, he's known for quite a while he's going to be on this tour. Do you not, Do you feel like someone in New Japan dropped the ball, or was it him, or was it Ring of Honor? Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe there could be both parties at play, like... I don't know. I feel like they should have like given him the heads up. Or somebody should have given him the heads up. Like, hey, you can't use like the re-entry. Has he been wrestling regularly for Ring of Honor lately? 
um, since G1 Supercard, yeah. Okay, I didn't know if like he was still harboring the injury or whatever. Yeah, he's been on the War of the Worlds tour. Him and Bandito actually wrestled the day uh, before he was getting ready to fly out. Both of them were getting ready to fly out. I was going to say conspiracy theory. What if he didn't get the visa because he's hiding an injury? Mm. Mm. Like Kerry Von Erich. <laughs> what if he lost his foot? We don't know about it. <laughs> that's what this is really about. <clears throat> uh, no, but that's, uh, yeah, so somebody dropped the ball here. I, this seems like one of those really avoidable things that should have been dealt with, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't especially with how many visa issues were going on all year. I mean, there's no, I don't know, I kind of feel like there's no excuse for this sort of thing yeah. at this point. Um, but so, I don't know who to blame. I don't know if I'm not saying it's flip. I don't know if it's flip. I right. feel like it could be flip. It definitely could be, but I don't know if it if it is or I don't know if it, it could be New Japan, you know? Yeah. It could be. I don't know. Um so yeah. So check out uh, if you want the exact details fightful.com has that exclusive interview. Then also uh, so replacing Flip Gordon is going to be Young Lion Ren Narita. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Very very interesting. Then we also have El Desperado out of the tournament this year. He broke his jaw during a death match at Takataichi Mania against Jun Kasai. Yo, did you see the uh, the gear that he was wearing for that yes, match? Yes, his new gear, yeah. Bro, he looked like a freaking G. I was yeah. like, this is a Desperado I can really get behind. Yes. Belt this man up. Yes. Let's go to the finals. Yeah, so after seeing like that, I was like, man, this looks awesome. I still haven't seen uh, that match from Takataichi Mania, but I need to. I'm surprised he got hurt, though. It was like, well, maybe I, I saw the match was only like seven minutes long, so maybe that's why he might have got hurt in the middle of the match. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I haven't seen it, and uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure exactly when the in- injury happened, but yeah, I mean, how was it, is it for you to do a death match before a big tournament? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, with especially Jun Kasai. <laughs> yeah, it's like, out of all things you could do, like, that would be the last thing you should be doing before a big tournament. Yeah, I mean, and that is really unfortunate for both of these guys. Um, you know, Flip kind of getting his first, like, bit of momentum in New Japan during this tournament. Uh, same thing with Desperado. Not to say it was his first time getting momentum, but... In all these years, it really felt like he was starting to break out last year at the past tournament. He had a lot going on, you know, on riding on as far as momentum is concerned. And then, then uh, after that, the rest of uh, the year, he was pretty much, after getting an IWGP junior title uh, shot, he's pretty much re- relegated to the juniors uh, title division, which was fine. And he was still very impressive there. Him and Kanemaru, very de- mm-hmm. impressive. But this kind of seemed like it was a time where they could rejuvenate him and bring him back into the singles fold. And, I mean, that's how it is for everybody. Right. And then we know we've had um, Dragon Lee calling out Desperado in the backstage comments saying he wanted Desperado to be his next challenger. He has unfinished business with Desperado. They've had heat since last year. Yeah. And, you know, there was a tease last year of a mass versus mass match. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely bad blood between Dragon Lee and Desperado, and that and it's real. It's real. <laughs> yeah. It ain't a work. It's real. Yeah, we could have we could have seen that play out in this tournament, but uh, it did seem like he had a pretty pom- prominent uh, position as far as like the cards that he was placed on and his uh, position each night. Like it did seem like he was poised to have a big tournament. So uh, it's almost m- like more 
deflating to not have Desperado in this tournament than it was for Flip, although both yeah. of them are big losses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's disappointing stuff, honestly. Yeah, so um, Desperado is being replaced by a wrestler by the name of Doki. No, no, you said that wrong. It's Dookie. <laughs> His name is Dookie. <laughs> or Doki. Dookie. I think I think it's Doki. <laughs> is it's Doke? Doki. So like Do like Homer Simpson and Key like Loki. Where did do- you, where did you get this uh, intel? This information. Uh, from? I've been watching uh, videos on NJPW World. They released these you know one minute little interviews with each competitor and that little you know the Japanese announcer Doki. Okay, well say it like that from now on. Every time you talk about it, <laughs> Doki. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad his name is Doki and not Dookie. Yeah, I did not want to spend you know several weeks discussing an individual by the name of Dookie. Dookie yeah. That just seemed <laughs> a little lowbrow for uh for you know what we call the Ace of Podcasts. I didn't need that that defiling our airwaves. So I'm kind of glad. But I don't know much about Doki. What have you learned? What do you know? Uh, so you know we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more because we're gonna like break down each guy. But you know from what I've been able to gather. Kind of guy who's wrestled a lot on Mexican independence. Um, he rust. He was on the Taka Tai Chi Mania show, and apparently he has a relationship with um, Tai Chi and obviously Taka Michinoku and Desperado. And, apparently, and, yeah, and from he's, what I've read, um, and he's from uh, K Dojo. Wrestles do some stuff in K Dojo also, and so they're billing this as you know, um, Tai Chi is the one to kind of bring in uh, Doki and. You know, kind of being like the new, like hired hitman for Suzuki Goon. Hey, bro, I love Hitman. I love Hitman the video game. I love Brett the Hitman Heart. <laughs> I like Tommy the Hitman Hearns. I'm all about Hitman. It's that's my thing. What about so. Loki? Nah, we don't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that he's like a pretty uh, well established, like New Japan, like uh, vet like vet and stuff and he never gets discussed when it comes to like new japan it's like people forget about that whole thing yeah but uh yeah uh so that's pretty cool i'm i'm hopefully he's good man hopefully he's good i can't i couldn't say i haven't seen too much of him yeah i know um our boy mostly he shot me a match of his but i haven't been able to watch it yet i've only been able to see some clips that i saw in the uh, promo packages that they've been doing on new japan world um so yeah I haven't been able to watch any of his full matches, but I think I'm going to keep it that way and just kind of be surprised mm. um, when I see his first match. Yeah. Um, shout out to Muzza, actually. I've been chatting him up a bit. Ever since he joined the team, just trying to chat him up a little bit. It's kind of nice to have someone on the team that actually appreciates, you know, per Rezu for a change and not talking about Becky Lynch and Biggie's mom, like, <laughs> <laughs> or Biggie and Becky Lynch's mom. It's a nice change of pace, but, uh, yeah, he hit me up the other day, and he was like, "He's like, uh, you know anything about this Ensign Anui uh, uh, Murakami match? And I was like, oh, my God, freaking watch that match right now. And he was like, who are these guys? And I was like, tell him about, they're both MMA fighters, like the Inokiism era. And he's like, I, I don't really watch MMA. Like, I'm not, I was like, trust me, bro. It's like one of the bloodiest, like, freaking fights. Six minutes, just watch it. He comes back, he's like, what did I just see? Like... Uh, you we watched that one Murakami match with him and Nagata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murakami's crazy, bro. But um, yeah, he was telling me a bit about Doki. I know he's uh, wrestled with IWRG, which uh, I didn't know still existed. To be honest with you, I, I was familiar with it from like the um, like mid '90s and I think the '80s too, if I'm recalling correctly. I'm obviously I'm not the biggest lucha person in the world, 
I know that uh, IWRG had a big like um, Pro Rezu Lucha influence. I know like uh, Ultimo Dragon was down there quite a bit. I think he held titles there, and I'm pretty sure Chris Jericho wrestled there too, if I remember correctly. And then he was like, "Yeah, Doki wrestled there," and I was like, "That's still a thing. Like that still exists." <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know that. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see him and just hopefully he's good, man. Hopefully this is something where like we look back, and we're like, wow, that was a great addition, and not yeah. like, a, yeah. And I feel like you know he's going to use this opportunity. A lot of hope he would use this opportunity to kind of like you know, break out and show New Japan management that you know he's a guy that they can count on in the future, and maybe he gets a New Japan contract out of this thing. Maybe I don't even know like if he's old. I don't know if he's young. I don't know like anything i know that th- there's nothing i know about him really i just know he wears a mask i know he's wrestled in mexico his name's doki that's about it <laughs> yeah so we'll talk a little bit more about him later once we get to the b block uh before we move on though speaking of ren Narita getting the bid um do you think that it's interesting that we're seeing ren Narita here and not shoto umino uh no i don't think that's um too interesting uh i feel like Narita has the more junior heavyweight frame, while Umino, he's been packing on a lot of muscle. Um, he was in the New Japan Cup. Um, he's definitely more, New Japan sees him as a heavyweight, so wasn't too surprised there. You think it's like kind of like the trade-off, like, you know, Umino got to be in the New Japan Cup, so we're going to give Narita the, the bid to be in the, uh, you know, the, the best super junior sort of thing, like tit for tat? Um, that could be it, but I just feel like Narita just fits... The look more than Umino does. I'll tell you what, I'm excited. We've been yes. waiting for this for a long time, and uh, it's it's Rene- it's Narita's time to shine, man. It's his time to shine, and uh, that's why I'm going with him to win the best of the Super Juniors this year. And we got a question from Facebook from BJ Baker. That's was a joke, it? by the way. What's that? I'm not really taking him as my winner of the best super juniors, uh, obviously. Well, obviously, I would I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you know, sold it entirely. You're like, let's move on, BJ Baker, <laughs> because I was I wanted to remember where I was at. Uh, okay, yeah, BJ Baker. Uh, he asked, "How do you think uh, the replacements will change how B Block turns out?" Well, we're gonna give you a full preview of both the A Block and the B Block here, um, but. I think it's going to change it immensely. This is unlike other uh, substitutions. There's other times where you have a substitution and the guy in question who gets moved in kind of could be booked very similarly to Mm. how the wrestlers that they're replacing might have been booked. But in this case, I think that it's cause for an entire reshuffling of the B block. Like entirely. You know, we look at the New Japan Cup. uh, David Finley got hurt and his replacement was Taguchi, right? Yeah. So, you know... Similar kind of leveling as far as booking-wise between Finley and Taguchi. So it's like, yeah, that won't affect the tournament too much. But then you look at it here, Flip Gordon being replaced by Ren Narita. Clearly, if you look based off of last year's performance, they weren't going to book Flip to lose every match this year. But They, they weren't going to book him or Desperado. Right. So looking at Ren Narita, like, it's like 99.9% of the chance he's going to lose every single match he has. So that's exactly that, that's going to turn the whole dynamic of that block upside down. I think it's two things. Uh, because, I mean, you can go, you know, um, competitor for competitor. You could say Flip for Ren Narita and Desperado for Doki. But it's not even that simple. It's like you have two guys 
who for sure were going to have strong showings in Flip Gordon and Desperado. Uh, in my opinion, I would have seen Desperado as being the guy with the much stronger point value come tournament end, maybe even having a potential bid mm-hmm. to be in the running for the finals. Not not necessarily for sure, but he's got to be one of those guys that's closer than the rest of the field in the B block. So then you, you exchange them out for a Renarito, like you said, who most likely will not get anything above one win. If he gets one win, that would be a huge deal. Yeah. And then with Doki, we don't really – he's an unproven commodity. Who knows? They could go strong with him, but he is an outsider. He's an right. unknown guy. He's not, he's not signed. Like, what would you have an outsider come in and beat some of your top juniors? They probably will. He'll get similar booking to your CMLL stars and your ROH guys and that sort of thing. So I'm guessing most likely – He'll be middle of the pack just based on, you know, conjecture and past history. You know, if we're just inferring what will probably happen. But what that means is it's nowhere near comparable to what Flip and Desperado were going to be doing. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is that it reshuffles everything and in some ways probably benefits some of the other guys in this block like Ibushi, Mm -hmm. like a Bandito, like El Fantasmo, and like a Robbie Eagles – um, you know, guys who, and I don't know, I haven't even done my blocks yet, but I just imagine that with the reshuffling, the booking of the entire B block is going to be way different. And I'm sure it's been something that has caused a lot of, uh, uh, intrigue and maybe even uh, frustration for people who are trying to do their pick and blocks because they probably had one idea going one way and now everything is completely upside down. Yeah, I had to pretty much shut down the form and create a whole new form due to the injuries now, so, I, I know other uh, pick'em contests that are going on, they just basically said the fairest way to do this is to just give – anytime you had a pick for Flip or anytime you had a pick for Desperado, we're just going to give you the points. Mm-hmm. But I think that this block tournament is too vast and has too many matches that at the end of the day, if you do that, it's I actually think that's not the fairest way to go about it. Um, I think the fairest way is – to just have everybody redo it and just start from scratch at this point. That's what we did. That's what we had to do. Um, I feel like it makes the most sense. And, yeah, to answer your question, BJ Baker, I think it changes everything. Yeah. And so, real quick, before we start breaking down the blocks, you know, we do have, I'm sure we have some new listeners um, paying attention to the show. And so, if this is your first Best of the Super Juniors. Welcome, new listeners. Yes, welcome. (laughs) Um, if this is your first best of Super Juniors, this is a tournament. It's a round-robin style tournament split into two blocks. So you have 10 wrestlers in the A block, 10 wrestlers in the B block. Each guy will wrestle each other in their perspective block. You get a winner from the A block that will face the winner of the B block to get your tournament uh, winner. Um, how, do you, how do you determine who wins the blocks? So there's, How do the points work, Jeremy? So there's an awesome scoring system. So a win... Pinfall or submission is worth two points, uh, if they're all, or count out also, or disqualification. Uh, a draw, any win, any win, yeah, is two points. A draw is worth one point, and a loss is zero points. You know what else is worth zero points? Hmm. A no contest. That's right. There have been times in the past where wrestlers get injured and uh, have to forfeit the rest of the tournament. Well, that's different. Uh, a forfeit is a victory, and the person who gets if one person forfeits, then that's automatic two points to the person who they're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a no contest. Oh, you mean like a double count out? A double count out, double DQ, a draw, 
or a no contest. If the referee just calls the match entirely and calls it a no contest, which, believe it or not, has happened before, it's very rare and people always forget about it, is zero points. No points are awarded mm-hmm. to either, per- either person. Yeah, so whoever has the most points in each block at the end of the block will advance to the finals. And it'll be winner takes all from there. If there is a tie for first place, there will be a tiebreaker, and it will go to the winner of the block match. So, for example, if wrestler A beat wrestler B and both finished with 12 points, um, then wrestler A would advance to the finals. And we've seen situations like this in the past. For instance, let's say Dragon Lee ends with 10 points, and let's say Teton ends with 10 points. Whoever would have won the match between them during their prospective match during the tournament would win that tiebreaker Mm -hmm. and yeah this year's tournament's running from may 13th to june 5th the finals being in ryogoku sumo hall um that's a pretty big deal because typically the finals would be in korkin hall no last year was korkin in the past it was actually in a bigger arena that they were not able to run so they had to do korkin gotcha um i always forget the name of of the arena that they've done in the past it, they were running it for quite a few years, and it was actually a big deal that they couldn't last year. Yeah, so yeah, the finals, that's right. The finals last year were in Corkin, so a much smaller location. So much bigger venue this year, Sumo Hall. That's a pretty big deal uh, for showcasing the juniors. So all right, now we're going to go... Um, each... one, one last thing I want to mention about the point system, because we are going to get questions about this. We get it every year, and I feel like it would probably be beneficial to just... Get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. So people are probably asking us, well, what happens if Dragon Lee ends with 10 points and Tiger Mask ends with 10 points and Show ends with 10 points, but they all beat one another, so it's a dead tie stalemate? What happens there? The easy answer is don't worry about that because Gato's not going to book that. <laughs> yeah. But we get that question every year. There have been some tournaments – in New Japan history where things like that have happened and they've found some sort of way to come up with a new tiebreaker. Usually it would involve like a playoff match between the wrestlers involved, but it hasn't happened in a long, 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 long time and they don't have enough like time to actually do one of those. So anyone who's wondering that sort of question, what happens if we come to a three-way stalemate, just understand they're not going to book it. (laughs) Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Just for anyone, because I know there's someone analytical who's like, well, what happens if it's not happening? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) We're getting definitive winners. This is New Japan. Uh, All right, so let's jump into these blocks. We're going to start off with the A block. A block. The first wrestler we're going to look at is the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Dragon Lee. So Dragon Lee, obviously representing CMLL. This is his Third best of the Super Juniors. He was in 2017 and 2018. Um, you know, Dragon Lee's been having a great year thus far. Won the title at Madison Square Garden. Had that successful defense against uh, Taiji Ishimori on Russell Dantaku. Plus, he's just been winning belts left and right in CMLL and all over the world. Um, definitely one of the top juniors here. One of the top juniors in the world. One of the mm-hmm. top luchadors in the world. And... At the young age of what? He's 23 years old? Yeah. 
it feels like he's been wrestling forever. Like I remember being in, living in New Jersey and watching his matches with uh, Kamatachi from like 2015 and thinking, wow, this guy's really advanced. And you know, that was how many years ago, four years ago. And he was 18, 19 and he's just gotten exponentially better. It's crazy. Yeah. It, just guys are so talented. Actually, Earlier today, I was watching his match uh, two years ago against Ricochet in that year's Best of Super Juniors. It's a great match. Yeah, that match was fire. Um, dude, I, I love Dragon Lee. I'm always impressed with him. Um, this guy always you know, goes balls to the walls when he's out there. Um, and so he's going to have a target on his back in this tournament because he is a champion. And typically in these block tournaments, one, a champion um, gets if a champion gets pinned... Whoever pins him usually ends up challenging for that title later on. Yeah. So that's a that's a pretty key thing there. Um, it's one of the, you know, a lot of times people ask the question if they're unfamiliar with this sort of tournament. Well, why is the champion in the tournament? You know? And um, in recent years, the way that it's generally worked is whoever wins the best of the Super Juniors tournament typically will get an immediate title shot at the following pay-per-view, which in recent years has been Dominion and is a big show. Wasn't necessarily always the case, although in most cases, I would say that whoever won Best Super Juniors was pretty much guaranteed a future IWGP Junior Heavyweight title shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, in much the same way that the uh, G1 is to prove who the best heavyweight in the world is at that current time, Best of the Super Juniors is the same thing. So it's not necessarily all about who gets a title shot. It's more so about who is the best of the Super Juniors. And there's no way that you can prove who the best of the Super Juniors is unless you have the champion in that tournament. So it's not solely about winning a title shot. It's more about proving who's the best of the best. And so they always include the champion in that. And Dragon Lee has a big build order or a big order to uh, a big I don't know what I'm trying to say <laughs> a big um, big order to fill something like that <laughs> basically he's he's got a large task at hand and he, like you said he's gonna have a, a, a target on his back and in recent years Dragon Lee has done phenomenal in these tournaments he's one of the few CMLL guys that gets mega pushes and gets lots of points and comes very close to winning as of yet he hasn't made it to a finals he hasn't won a Best of the Super Juniors tournament so far. Um, but he always gets very strong booking, and I, I see that being very much the same way here. He may even be in the finals, potentially. Right. Going as a champion, so probably the, the strongest that he'll, he will be going into a tournament. So, yeah, I can definitely see him uh, potentially going to the tournament finals. I mean, there's always a possibility of um, him winning the whole thing. And, um, you know, if he wins the tournament as champion, you're probably asking what happens there, then probably he would get the right to call someone out or challenge. And so we have a question here from Reddit user Zach Saber Time. He says, what would you say if Dragon Lee wins the best of the Super Junior and chooses to challenge Hiromu? Um, we've discussed this privately, me and Jeremy. This is definitely a... Um scenario that we could potentially see playing out um and i would love it if it did obviously dragon lee and hiromu have a huge storied history you know more modern fans and and modern listeners of this show and viewers of new japan are probably familiar with the fact that dragon lee and hiromu had a title match last year 
that resulted in Hiromu breaking his neck and being put on the shelf. And, you know, we're almost a year later and we're sitting at a place where Hiromu is due to make a return pretty soon. Uh, and Dragon Lee is the IWGP champion. So this is a story that kind of writes itself. But even going beyond that, the Dragon Lee and Hiromu have a long storied history, a long storied rivalry that has spanned multiple continents, multiple promotions from New Japan to Ring of Honor to CMLL. And they put on some of the best matches. When when they were having their series of matches, people were comparing it to Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid, calling it the modern equivalent to that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have a long-storied rivalry. So that's definitely a possibility. Um, and I would welcome it if that happened. I just don't know that it will. Right. I mean, there's a lot of other you know key players in both these blocks that we're about to talk about. But that is, I think that's definitely an option, and dude, I would be all about that. Dragon Lee and Hirobi, like you mentioned, have some phenomenal matches, and that would be a great addition to the Dominion card that's already lining up to be one of the best shows of the year. Um, so yeah, that would be great. And if you've never seen Hiromu and Dragon Lee, their 2017 match is the free match of the week on uh, New Japan's YouTube and on NJPW World. Which match? The title match or the best of Super Juniors match? The best of the Super Juniors. Ooh, I love that. That was a great best Super Juniors match last year. So, yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, so the next wrestler we're going to be looking at. In Before the- we move on, yep. excitement level for Dragon Lee in this tournament. Uh, ten. Ten? Yeah. Ten. <laughs> um, I almost feel like we need to, like, have a ranking system for, like, where our excitement is as far as different guys in this tournament uh, in each block. Just kind of shooting off the off the hip here. You, you want to just do what, one through ten? Yeah, let's do one through ten out of all the guys in the tournament. So, you know, I, I know I'm looking at both of us. We've got our, you know, list of competitors right here in front of us. And so we can see all ten guys. And if you had to give him a ranking out of all these guys, what would you rank him? Oh, oh so ranking out of all of them. Yes. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so let's put them in order. I think for me, I got to go out of everybody in this A block for potential matchups, potential excitement, potential booking, and everything. For me, Dragon Lee's nine out of ten. Ten being the top spot and one being the lowest. I would say Dragon Lee's my nine. Yeah, Dragon Lee would also be my nine. I thought we were ranking each guy one nope, to one nope, to ten, but no, nope. we're gonna put him in a in a in a order. Okay, yeah, Dragon Lee would definitely be my second from the top then. Second from the top. That's that's a high bill. So that's a that's a big commendation from keeping it strong style. So next up we're gonna look at Rich Latta's favorite wrestler. <laughs> The Octopus, Jonathan Gresham, representing Ring of Honor. This will be Gresham's first time in Best of the Super Junior. We saw him at uh, the Honor Rising Japan show earlier this year. So impressive. Yeah, and pretty much, you know, that kind of set up um, his spot being here in Best of the Super Juniors. Just like last year when Flip Gordon um, debuted at the Honor Rising in a couple of juniors matches, that pretty much set the way for him for being in Best of the Super Juniors. Um, so, you know, Gresham is a guy who's been all over the place. I mean, currently in Ring of Honor, he's wrestled for RevPro, WXW, Chikara, PWG, The Crash, uh, Beyond Wrestling. Um, he's a world travel guy, very technical wrestler. Um, at Final Battle, him and Zack Sabre had a pretty good um, technical match. I loved that match. Um, I also enjoyed his match from... Um 
the uh, blood sport show that he had with Takeda. That was one of the t- best matches on that show. Really, really impressive stuff. His stuff with CCK this year has been excellent. Stuff in Ring of Honor has been excellent this year. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is having a breakout year. Yeah, he just um, had a PWG title match on Friday night against Jeff Cobb, which I heard tore the house down. Oh, yeah, they had Mystery Vortex 5, huh? Yeah. Which, uh, I wonder how that show was. Um, from what I hear from Meltzer and some other people, um, it was a pretty good show. Not the best show, but it was still a pretty solid show. Uh, Cobb and Gresham tore the house down. Cobb retained the PWG title against Gresham. <coughs> well, um, at least he's retaining something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man's taking all the belts off that man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Gresham here. Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about Gresham? I am very, very excited for Jonathan Gresham's inclusion in this tournament. Um, you know, I think that when people consider the best of the Super Juniors or just cruiserweight wrestling in general or junior champion, or, you know, junior heavyweight wrestling, they kind of think of one thing. They think of high speed. They think of flips. They think of, uh, you know, tons of dazzling maneuver, like aerial maneuvers. And all of that is definitely indicative of the uh, genre and of the division. That's totally true. But me being an old school fan, uh, I remember days where there was all sorts of different styles within the junior division. And one of those styles that is a little less underplayed and a little less underutilized is that of like dazzling technical alchemist you know someone who can tie you into knots someone who is proficient in technical wrestling Mm -hmm. that's what jonathan gresham brings to the to the table um many people liken him to a young daniel bryan or brian danielson just because so much of what he does is borrowed from brian danielson from his look from his style of wrestling and he's one of the few guys in the tournament who is strictly that way. I mean, you do have some great technical wrestlers in this tournament, but he's that guy that kind of stands out and sticks out for representing that. And he brings a total different wrinkle, a total different vibe and feel to this tournament that I felt like was missing. I'm very, very excited for him to be in this. And, you know, yes, he is like, you know, all technical that you kind of mentioned, but he does throw in some high flying and you know, a shooting star press is one of his finishing moves. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah, and he, he does a lot of suicide dives, Hurricane Rana, so. That's not to say he can't brawl or he, he isn't like an aerial guy or anything like mm-hmm. that, but, you know, with, with someone like Kushida leaving the tournament and kind of, you know, leaving that void and we haven't seen like a Kyle Riley in this tournament for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I really think Jonathan Gresham brings something different to the table. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Um, you know, last year I really loved the show match with um who was that was that show in Kushida? They had that technical match I loved. Yeah. And shows in the same block and I can't wait to see what him and Jonathan Gresham do when they chain wrestle. Him and Marty Skrull, Marty not always showing it but being someone who is very proficient in uh, you know the world of sports style wrestling. I think him and Jonathan Gresham can do something special. I'm very excited for Gresham to be in this. So where where is he at in your your ranking? I would have to go at this point right now. I think he is number seven for me. Wow. Okay. Pretty high. Pretty high. There's very few people in this block that I'm more excited about. Gotcha. So, for me, I have him at uh, five. Whoo! Middle of the pack. Yeah. 
That's because you're friends with Rich. You're better friends with Rich <laughs> than I am. Uh, no, there's just a few more guys ahead of him that I was way more excited about in this block. Let me make sure I got that right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's five. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's where I got Gresham at. Um, so next up, we're going to look at the villain, Marty Skrull who will be representing Ring of Honor and Villain Enterprises. This is his third Best of the Super Juniors uh, tournament. He was in 2017 and 2018. He's calling this the Revenge of the Villain because it's its third time in the tournament, and he plans on taking it all. Now, I know that you listened to the... Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to watch... Well, actually, let me rephrase that. I have chosen not to watch the Best Super Juniors press conference so far. Um, but you have, correct? Right. Um, I should have, but I've just been slacking. <laughs> but um, you definitely were able to listen to the promos from a lot of these guys. I know last year Marty killed it when he was uh, during the press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything notable from him? Yeah, so he said, he said you know, this year is going to be different. Like I mentioned, he called it Revenge of the Villain. He said, you know, this year it's all about him. There are no clubs, no distractions. Um, it's you know he's gonna be, it's pretty much all on him to win this thing. He talked about Bill Inter- Enterprises kind of being at its best. They are scouting a fourth member Whoa. for Bill Enterprises, saying the stock is high because they are currently the ROH Six Man Championships. Uh, PCO and Brody King are the um, NWA Tag Champions. Just won the Crockett Cup. Marty and um, P- and Brody King also hold t- the tag titles from Australia. I forget which company it is. Super World of Sport. Uh, SWS. Yeah. So they have. A bunch of belts, and um, so yeah, so he said, you know, Villain Enterprises are they're looking for they're going to be scouting for their fourth member on this tour. We need to tweet them, <laughs> we need to tweet them, tell them that John Juris is ready to lace up the boots again. <laughs> yeah. He's got his tape ready, his baby oil, and he is ready. Um, and he mentioned that um, Brody King will be on the tour with him, um, for the tag matches. Uh, and so yeah, that was pretty much kind of the gist of his promo. So I would imagine that you're more excited about Skrull in this tournament than I am. Yes, I am a huge Marty <laughs> Skrull fan. Um, I, lo- I love the villain. I love the entrance, the music, um, his wrestling. Um, to me, Marty, I think sometimes is kind of one of the more underrated guys uh, when it comes to like the New Japan Junior matches. If you look back, a lot of his junior title matches with guys like Osprey and Hiromu and some of the guys he's wrestled, like just phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so as far as ranking, I have Marty at seven. I have Marty at six. Mm. So kind of flip flopped there just a bit. He's just a notch beneath Jonathan Gresham for me. So um, I will. I concur everything you're saying. I agree with you, but I have to say a couple derogatory. Not so much derogatory, but I need to take a step back. One thing with Marty in recent years, we haven't – in the big matches, in title matches, he has been phenomenal. And this year so far, he's had a lot of great multi-man matches in Ring of Honor. He seemed to be reinvigorated and have something to prove since the rest of the elite guys went to AEW and he stuck around in ROH. Um, he had a fantastic showing at the G1 Supercard this year during that um, ladder match. Really, really great uh, – Match with um, Nick Aldis. With Nick Aldis yeah, at, that match at the Crockett awesome. Cup. Yeah. 
But with all that being said, Marty is not a full-time regular member of New Japan's roster the way he has been in the past. The other thing as well is last year, he seemed to take it very easy on this tour. And one of the big um, criticisms about Marty is that Marty is a worker who knows how to kind of turn it on when it needs to be turned on. But when it doesn't need to be turned on, it's really not turned on. He's a guy who has a great gimmick, who has a great look, who has a shtick, and he kind of sticks to it, and he can get by off that, and he can get over off that without having to work. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the great Muda made a whole career out of that. Hulk Hogan <clears throat> made a whole career out of that, you know? And so there's definitely something to be said about a guy who knows um, how to kind of maximize his health benefit without having to put his body on the line every night. But in this tournament... It does seem to be sometimes that it's a time for guys who are hungry to prove themselves. And I will say, last year, Marty was like middle of the road. He had a couple really great matches. I remember the match with Hiromu specifically sticking out as being a great match. But nothing else really comes to mind. There's very few matches that I thought like, man, Marty's killing it in this tournament. He seemed to take it easy. So if Marty shows up and does what we know he's capable of and he's reinvigorated and he's hungry then I'll, I'll be all on board with him and I'll be like, yeah, absolutely. But I was even surprised to learn he was going to be in this tournament given the fact that he seemed to be focusing on being like a main event player, a heavyweight guy, and I didn't even think he would even be in this tournament. So when I when they announced him, I was actually like – I was happy about it, but I was kind of surprised about it at the same time. Gotcha. I wasn't too surprised. I mean they still – I feel like um, New Japan holds Marty still up in high regard, and I, see, I do too. And sees him as a top junior, and you know the biggest mystery in wrestling right now is when is Skrull's contract up? I've been hearing nobody knows. Nobody knows. I've been hearing different months, different dates from multiple sources. Nobody has a, the exact idea of when his contract is going to be ending. And so, with him doing the Crockett Cup stuff with Ring of Honor in April, and the fact that he's still you know ROH Six Man Champion, I, I figured that. They would keep using him and that he would be in Best of Super Juniors. Okay, so Marty has a lot of intriguing ma- matchups in this tournament. Um, they're not necessarily all matchups we haven't seen. In fact, a lot of the matchups in this tournament we have seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that's intriguing is the fact that he was kind of the premier junior of the Bullet Club before all the splits and everything, and then mm-hmm. Taiji Ishimori kind of stepped into that role. They are in the same block. So there's kind of a story to play off there with Taiji Ishimori kind of being the one of the mainstays of the junior division and, yeah. and Marty kind of being that former Bullet Club guy who was filling that role previously. Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting. But there's not a lot he, there's not a lot here that are fresh new matchups that we've never seen before when it comes to to Marty. Yeah. Um one thing I want to bring up. So we haven't talked about this yet and I think we can say um and I think we should discuss it with every guy. What do you think – and I think we should just go with a yes or a no because it's the simplest answer. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's even a chance that Marty will be towards the running to be one of the guys that are in the finals? I say yes. I would say yes as well. I think it's more of an outside chance, but I think he is one of the guys who has a chance to be either at the top of the block when mm-hmm. it's all said and done or maybe even get a bid to be in the finals. Yeah. Although I'm not super high on that. Yeah, I feel like it could be one of those situations where 
he wins like on the A block final, then like in the main event, if the guy, if somebody else wins, then beat him, he, he might tie with points and get knocked out. Yeah. So Jonathan Gresham, yes or no? No. I would say no. Dragon Lee? Yes. Yes. So, so far out of the three guys we've reviewed, we've got Marty Skrull and Dragon Lee as being two guys that we think could potentially be, you know, potential guys to look at towards the, the uh, end there. Any final thoughts on Marty? No, I think um, I'm ready to move on to the next guy. Okay. Which we'll be talking about the Dragon Shingo Takagi representing Los Ingobernables de Japón. This will be Shingo's first year in the best of the Super Junior Tournament. And I'm just going to get off the bat right now. 10, uh, Shingo. Shingo's my 10. Yeah. Shingo's my 10. I'm so excited for Shingo to be in this tournament. Yeah, so, you know, Shingo made his debut at um, last year's King of Pro Wrestling to become the sixth member of LIJ. And since there, he's just been blazing a trail Throughout the junior uh, tag division with uh, Bushi, you know, winning the titles. And, you know, right now he's still um, undefeated. He has not been pinned or submitted in any matchup um, in his time in New Japan. And he's definitely the favorite, one of the favorites to win the A block in the whole tournament. I agree with everything that you just said. I think that it's funny um, for there's. Definitely, Shingo's a name that people are familiar with, but unless you really follow the Dragon system, unless you are watching, you know, um, Dragon Gate USA and that sort of thing, you might not be as familiar with Shingo. I know that I only had a peripheral um, understanding of who Shingo was, and I feel like even with that, a, like my exposure to him was probably greater than a lot of just casual fans. When he came to, to, uh, um, New Japan, a lot of people did not know who he was. A lot of people are not familiar with his work, his body of work. And he's not a spring chicken. He's not a young guy. He's been wrestling for quite a while. He's been a big star in Japan for quite a while. He's been all over the U.S. Indies. And um, I always thought it was funny when he was announced as the new member of LIJ, how many fans were like, who? This guy? And now it's a year later and everybody's riding this guy's jock. Everyone's like, oh my god, Shingo is freaking awesome. Because they had to learn, you know, like mm-hmm. Shingo is dope as hell. Yeah. And yeah, I'm at, a, I'm at a 10. Shingo's the guy that I'm most excited for. And the interesting thing is Shingo's only had, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, one singles match in his whole entire run with New Japan. Against uh, Shota Umino, right? Shota Umino. So we're getting nine fresh matchups that we have never seen before um unless i mean there's a chance that maybe him and tiger mask have wrestled before or kanemaru or or michinoku or even ishimori it's possible but my depth of knowledge when it comes to like independent um you know pro rezu is a little more limited than my knowledge of of new japan pro wrestling Mm -hmm. so to me these are all fresh matchups i've never seen him wrestle any of these guys before so I have a question here from Reddit user Fenbops. He says, can you see anyone but Shingo winning Best of Super Juniors? And if he does, can he go after a different title as he suggested? That's a great question, Fenbops. So what he's mentioning, and I was hanging out with a friend of the show, Zach Porter, yesterday, doing a little a little tasting tour. We were going around St. Pete, going to the different breweries, getting a little taste, <laughs> having a good time, which was awesome. We also had... Uh, 
we went to an Italian market and had a, a bunch of like awesome sandwiches and we went and got sushi. It was a pretty good day. But um, he showed me the tweet where Shingo was basically saying that he has a chance to go undefeated in this tournament. And if he goes undefeated, not only will he make history, but he suggested that he might be able to just go after another title. He's not necessary. So that's what we were mentioning earlier. You know, the whole rule of whoever wins this tournament generally gets a IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship title shot. It's not a hard and, and fast rule. Right. You know, it's not like you get it, they're carrying a briefcase around for months defending <laughs> their title shot. It's right. not like it's not like the G one. Right. Um, so there could potentially be room for something like that. But I'll tell you, I think it's a red herring. I think if he wins this, he's getting a junior title shot. Absolutely. Yeah. And he is my favorite to win the tournament right now. Yeah, same here. Uh, Do you think so that means we're both a yes on Shingo. We both yeah. think Shingo has a, a, a very high likelihood of winning the entire tournament. I'm not just a yes. I'm a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just ready to see Shingo just murder everybody. Bro, Shingo's gonna, <laughs> Shingo's gonna fuck people Shingo's up. gonna kill, kill you. you. Shingo's gonna kill you. Um, Now, here's a question that I have. And it's been posed by a lot of people. And we've had some discussions about it off the air, but I think we need to discuss it. Do you think there's a chance that Shingo goes undefeated here, gets 18 points? I think there is a chance. (laughs) (laughs) I think you you laugh, but I know we've talked about it. And, you know, it kind of takes the drama out of things. If you have somebody go undefeated, you get to the A block finals, they have 18 points. It's like, what's the point of watching? We know they're going to the finals. But... The way that they've built him up and the tear that he's been on, I literally have a hard time. I can't I cannot visualize him getting pinned or submitted by anyone in this block. So we should probably discuss this for a minute while we're on the subject and and I'm gonna answer exactly what you just said and I I agree with you to some degree, but I think it's also a little over the top. Um, <laughs> so the blocks have been expanded. So we have a larger field, a larger tournament than we normally do. We've got 10 guys in each field. We already discussed earlier, you get two points for each tournament win. So if someone were to hypothetically go undefeated, they're going to, and they win two points in every block, they're getting 18 points. Um, Realistically, in most cases, the winner of the tournament doesn't take more than three losses. Right. If you go beyond three losses, you're, chances of winning the tournament are exponentially diminished and very unlikely unless they do a lot of 50-50 and parity booking which, which they probably won't do well they might you never know like you, you just never know but right. what that means is whoever is going to the finals has to have at minimum 10 points minimum it's more likely they're going to have something between 12 and 16 would be my guess. That's right. going to get you in the conversation. Six to eight wins in the tournament is going to be like what, where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what. And we'll talk about it later. We're going to talk about matches that are worth looking at. But on the final night of the A block, the final match in the main event is Shingo Takagi against Taiji Ishimori, who are two of the favored guys in this tournament. There's no way that Shingo could potentially be 
at 16 points going against Taiji Ishimori on the final night of the tournament because at that point, he would win the tournament. Mm-hmm. He would. The only way that that would potentially... The, the only way that there wouldn't be drama there is if Taiji Ishimori is at 14 points and would beat him and be brought up to 16 points and gets the win. That's the only way... You, so there is a case to be made where... Uh, Shingo goes undefeated, mm-hmm. but then Ishimori has to have 14 points going into the finals and needs to defeat him to basically get the tiebreaker and get the uh, the draw. That is a possibility. Mm-hmm. If you do that, then Shingo wins and finishes undefeated. Then you can book it with a little bit of drama. But you have to. The only way it would work if he's undefeated is you keep somebody close enough in point values to where. They're they're also potentially gonna win the tournament, but if Ishimori let's say goes in with twelve points and he's at sixteen, then there's there's then it's done. That's not the way Gato books. It's not the way almost anybody books. I mean, we saw what happened this past year with Kenny Omega, where he was undefeated going into the last two nights of the G one, and then he had the match with Yano and the match with uh, Kota Ibushi. That's like to me the closest you could possibly get to somebody. Um, going undefeated in a mm-hmm. tournament. Now, I could see a scenario where they, they have played this up, where they've talked about Shingo being undefeated. Although he's been on the losing team in multi-man matches, although he's been uh, you know on the losing side of tag matches, he personally has never been defeated. Right. He has not been pinned or submitted. Now, if you wanted <clears throat> to do something where he goes to time limit draw with a guy, if you wanted to go to a scenario where there's a no contest or a double count out or a double DQ... And that's how they protect his undefeated streak, meaning he's never been tapped, pinned, or submitted. Mm-hmm. Then there might be some sort of gray area there because he could take a points deficit without actually getting quote unquote beat. Right. That's something I could see happening. But the only way he's going undefeated in the tournament is if Taiji Ishimori is going into the final night with 14 points. Which I could see that happening. I could see he that. Was ha- in the, he was in the finals last year. I could definitely see that happening. I'm not saying it won't happen, but. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I've kind of said that, it does lead me to think, is there a chance he could go completely, completely undefeated? Yes, but with the caveat that Ishimori's got to beat almost everybody the whole tournament for that to even be a uh, possibility. Yeah, which I could see that happening. That would be a big statement, though. If Shingo goes in to the finals undefeated, I mean, a big statement, like yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. But you mean, you pretty much just like, create a star right there i mean he's already a star but i mean you just take him to a whole other level well that's one of the things that they're great about doing best of super juniors is about creating stars we've seen them do it with ricochet we see him do it with will osprey we see him do it with kushida we see him do it with tons of guys time and time again it's one of those things that you know we complain about other companies not being able to make stars and that we wonder why but you don't have them placed in meaningful situations and you know, I know, for instance, like WWE doesn't like to do tournaments too much, but man, if you do a tournament correctly, right, you can get a guy over super quick in and, a fast. And even not even manner. the tournament. Just look at the way he's booked from the time he debuted. He's been protected, yeah, for his whole run. Like if you protect a guy, keep him, you know, unpinned, unsubmitted for you know eight, ten months, a year. Like you create a star. Like you're you're making a, you're making a guy. Shingo is by far the most intriguing person in the A block, maybe the whole tournament, because of the aura of invincibility, because of his record, 
because of the fresh matchups that we have never seen before. So there's a built-in anticipation. And there's so many questions about, not about whether he's going to win, but whether if he does win, does he go undefeated? Now, with that being said, before we move on, do you see scenarios where you think Shingo could take losses? Because I think that I could for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I look at this A block, there's really only three people that could potentially beat him. He could potentially lose to show mm. on the opener. You know, that's kind of been the big rivalry going on um, between LIJ and Rapunky 3K and show and Shingo have been at each other's throats for a long time now. And show has been proven to be able to kind of match Shingo's strength, strength at time. So that could potentially be, and that would be a big upset and that could happen. I could see Taji Ishimori potentially beating Shingo, you know, former champion. Now, if that happens, Ishimori's going to the finals. Yeah. Because it's the final night. But I agree with you. And then the last person would be Dragon Lee. Those are, my, those are my three most likely people to beat him as well. Dragon Lee is the current champion. If Shingo's not going to win the tournament and not get a title shot, then you're going to want Dragon Lee to beat him. So right now, we are at a yes for Shingo, a yes for Skrull, and a yes for Dragon Lee as guys to look out for to be towards the top of the block. Let's move on to Sho, since we brought him up. Yes, so Sho, <clears throat> one half of Rapungi 3K. This will be his second best of the Super Junior. Last year was his debut, 2018. He's one half of the IW Junior, IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions with his partner, Yo, who is in the B block. Um, Sho had a pretty great tournament last year. He had an excellent tournament last year. He had great matches across the board. Great matches with Marty Skrull. Great matches with Dragon Lee. Great matches with Kushida. Um, him and... I even remember him and... Um, who's the guy that you like that's not in the tournament this year? You, Saban. Oh, Chris Saban. I mean, Chris Saban had a pretty good match last yeah. year. Uh, Show was a standout of the tournament for sure last year. Yeah. Even though he only had six points last year. Yeah, it took a lot of losses. It's not as unimpressive as it would... Now, if he only won three matches this year, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, he's definitely I, been elevated since last year. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Shing, uh, Sho dyed his hair black. A little, a little new look for this tournament. Yep, and um, him and uh, Yo have both been in the um, habit for different tournaments to... Bring out different variations and styles of their uh, signature looks. More recently, Sho and Yo have kind of gone back to the classic silver, and, like exclusively silver and gold Rapongi 3K uh, attires that they've had. Mm. So I have a feeling that both of them will probably bring out a new look this year for the best super juniors, which I look forward to. Especially the big indicator, like you mentioned, him having jet black hair instead of having the dyed blonde. Which, by the way, do you think I could pull off that dyed blonde look? You should try it. I, don't tell me to try it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting, you know, um, some of the comments from show, he's hoping uh, it's him versus Yo in the finals. Uh, Very interesting. That's something I was going to bring up. He's not in the same block as Yo, and he's not in the same block as Rocky Romero, which means we're not getting that, you know, anticipated show-Yo match that some people have been looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Unless they're in the finals. Right. Or it could be him and Rock A. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think they're definitely going to save that show um, and yo big singles match. Both of them have said that they want to face each other in the finals. 
So that's kind of an interesting scenario right there. Just like Bushi and uh, and Hiromu thought that they, that they were going to face off in the finals last yeah. year. Um, so where where does your excitement stand for a show? Very excited for show. Very 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 excited. Um, for me, I would say he's like number five. Mm. Uh, I have him at six. Mm. So you're more excited for show than Jonathan Gresham. Yes. Ah. So it looks like our bottom of the list is pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, for show, I'm very, very, very excited. He had an excellent showing, as we mentioned last year. A lot of great matchups here. A chance to prove himself and kind of differentiate himself. Uh, there was a lot of discussion last year about who the, the Shawn Michaels of the group was between him and Yo. Yeah, we called them uh, Show Michaels. Show Michaels. And, uh, Marty Yonetti. Marty Yonetti. And, um, you know, I think show it's interesting that they've got show in the same um, bracket as Shingo. We've talked at ad nauseum about the uh, rivalry between them. They are facing off on the first night of the tournament, which is tomorrow, which is very exciting. Um, him and Dragon Lee being in the same tournament block with just the fact that Dragon Lee is the champion. Mm-hmm. Him and Marty Skrull, him and Ishimori. He's in there with a lot of big hitters, which is a, a probably a, a testament to the faith that new japan has in him and i'm gonna tell you right now i don't know who it's gonna be over i haven't done my brackets yet but i'm telling you he's gonna beat one of these big guys whether it's ishimori Skrull, dragon lee or shingo he's beating at least one of them and it's gonna be a big upset and it's gonna propel him yeah i, I agree with you 100 percent there i don't know how far he'll be towards the end of it uh do you think that there's a chance that show is one of the guys that's in the running to be in the finals. Mm. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. I'm right there with you. There was a time where I thought that there was a chance, an outside chance that maybe they would push him in that manner. And I I still think he's going to do phenomenal in this tournament, have not only great matches, but rack up quite a few points. But even with that being said, it still seems to be that they are pushing him as a junior tag guy. I don't know if they're ready to pull the gun on him as being a singles. And with the amount of big stars that are here, they would really have to like propel him in a way that they're probably not going to. And with the looming specter that is Shingo just being there, I don't see him as being a guy that's going to be towards the finals. What I do see, though, is him either beating um, a champion like a Dragon Lee or a future champion like a Shingo and potentially... Mm-hmm establishing a chance to get a title shot down the road, but I don't see him being a guy that'll be there at the finals. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree with you on that, man. So next up, we're going to talk about the Bone Soldier, Taiji Ishimori. This will be his third Best of the Super Junior tournament. He had his first tournament in 2010, and then last year was his second tournament where he went to the finals. Against Hiromu Takahashi. In an all-time classic match with Hiromu. And if you haven't seen the match between Hiromu and Taiji Ishimori for the Best Super Juniors Finals last year, go out of your way, watch that match, thank us later, be sure to tweet us. (laughs) (laughs) At KI Strong Style. Um, But Ishimori, he's had a great year, you know, starting with Wrestle Kingdom 13 when he won the Junior Championship from Kushida. Then he had successful defenses against Taguchi and Jushin Thunder Liger. Eventually losing the belt um, last month at the G1 Supercard to Dragon Lee in that triple threat match. And then lost in a excellent uh, title rematch against Dragon Lee at Wrestling Dantaku. 
So been having a lot of great matches. It's been positioned in um, high spots, and I I would say he's one of the favorites to win the A block and potentially win the tournament. I agree. So right now, Ishimori was a guy that I for I expected for sure to be from the time he won the title at Wrestle Kingdom in January to go into this tournament as the champion. I was very surprised to see that Dragon Lee would be the person that dethroned him. I didn't expect that at the G1 Supercard, but that's where we're at. So he it, And he's coming off of a big loss at Dantaku to Dragon Lee in his bid to regain the title. So he has a lot to prove right now. Um, he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder. But you've got to imagine with the kind of push that he's had over the past year, he's one of the favored guys in this tournament. He's going to do very well. Not only that, he's going to have a lot of great matches. We saw him have a whole slew of first-time singles matches in, in the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a lot of new, fresh matchups this year as well. I'm very excited for Taiji tai Shimori. Um, one of the fastest and you know, most athletic heels in wrestling today. Yeah, lightning quick, super fast. So that, that sliding German that he does is awesome. The the outside, the, the, the rope sequences he does. Oh, right? yeah. They're just awesome. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing Taiji in action. I have him at number eight in my excitement level. I am at number eight with him as well. So, for me, it's Shingo, Dragon Lee, Taiji Ishimori, Jonathan Gresham, show then Marty. Yeah, so I have uh, Shingo, Dragon Lee, Ishimori, uh, Marty, show and Gresham. Nice. So, um, any last things you want to talk about, Taiji Ishimori? I think we are both in agreement that we think that he has a chance to be one of the guys towards the finals. Yeah, I think he's going to be a key player, especially since he is in that A block uh, final. Uh, night the the main event of the A Block Finals. So at this point, I think we are both in agreement that there's only really four players on the A Block side that have a ch- a good chance to be towards the top or even win the A Block in Dragon Lee, uh, Marty Shingo, and Taiji Shimori. Yep. Okay. So now let's talk about the uh, the pin eaters. <laughs> <laughs> So first we have uh, Taka Michinoku representing Suzuki Goon. So this will be Taka's seventh best of the Super Junior Tournament. He was in 1994, 2011, <laughs> 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2017. Um, so Taka is back in action here at the best of the Super Junior Tournament. Guess who's back, back, back. Taka's back. back. Back, back, back again. Um, so, you know, he, he picked up that win recently against Tiger Mask and that multi-man to kind of build some momentum. Wow. He and beat Tiger Mask for, man, talk <laughs> sound the alarms. Like, that, that, he, I don't even know why he's not getting a title shot. He might as well just <laughs> bypass this tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, in 2018, he didn't score um, a single fall the whole year. In the whole tournament? In tw- no, just in the year 2018. Every, he, didn't, he, he didn't win a single match? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like when he beat Tiger Mask, I was like, whoa, Taka won something? That's crazy. Yeah. It's been a while. So uh, so based off history, you're, you're kind of saying that you don't see him doing very well in this tournament. Yeah. In the, the 2017 run, he only scored four points. 
that being said, I could definitely see Taka being one of the uh, spoilers in this tournament. You always have to consider guys who could potentially be spoilers, meaning that they're not going to be near the top. They'll probably get knocked out of the running for winning the tournament early on. But, you know, given Taka's tenure with New Japan and his legendary status as a legendary junior, it's believable and possible, especially having a strong finisher like the Michinoku driver, mm-hmm. I could see him hitting a Dragon Lee. Well, maybe not Dragon Lee, but like a Skrull or a Ishimori and like getting an upset win and knocking someone out of the ring. Or even a show or something like that. Or a Gresham. So he's a guy to look out for as a spoiler, I think. Yeah, and it's been kind of weird with a little what they've kind of done with Taka uh, and Kanamaru, which we'll talk about later. But they had like these little like one minute like interviews that they put up for each guy. And like during Taka's, like Taka, Kanamaru, and Desperado are all in a restaurant, like drinking, eating, like talking about the tournament. And Taka's like, I'm in this tournament. He's like, Are you sure? He's like, What am I doing in this tournament? <laughs> he's like, Fine, I guess I'll do it. He's like, I'm just, I'm just here to like spoil everybody. He's like, Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. Like, all these people, they're mad that I'm in the tournament. I don't care. Like, don't watch then. He's like, they're probably not going to come watch you. Fine, I'll wrestle in an empty arena. I don't care. <laughs> expect a lot of shenanigans. Expect a lot of cheating. Expect eye pokes, low eye blows. Pokes, low blows. Uh, taking guys to the outside, going into the crowd, a lot of chair shots. Like, this is going to be one of those guys that I don't expect Taka to have a great match in this tournament. Uh, I think it is interesting, though, that him and Kanemaru, being like the older, crustier, <laughs> you know, juniors of the uh, of Lij are in the same block, so that's something that's interesting. Yeah, uh, we had a question from one of uh, someone in our group chat, and they were asking what was the match where two juniors uh, were in the Best Super Juniors tournament and they weren't touching each other the whole time. Uh, Sir Sir Sam. Oh yeah, Sir Sam asked us that, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Taka and Taichi, and I went back and I I didn't watch the whole match, but I'm pretty sure that's the match, which was really funny. So. Maybe look out for Kanemaru and Mitch and Taka to have another match similar to that. But um, yeah, Taka's going to be playing spoiler. And I'll tell you what, I think he's going to be at the bottom of the points total when everything's said and done. Yeah. It, it, one of the bottom two guys, for sure. Uh, so where do you have him at your your, your ranking of excitement? One. Hmm. Uh, maybe two. Yeah. Pretty, pretty low. Yeah, I, got, I think I'm at two with him also. I'd go yeah. two. Yeah. All right, anything else on Taka? No, we spent a lot of time on him. <laughs> Too much time. All right, so next up, the Golden Tiger, Tiger Mask 4. And um, he's been in quite a few Best of the Super Junior tournaments. He was in uh, 2002, 2003. He won it in 2004 and 2005. The only man to win back-to-back Best Super Junior tournaments ever. Yep, he was also in 06, 07, 08, 09, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, and last year's tournament in 2018. So one of the most seasoned vets and most experienced guys when it comes to this tournament yeah. going today. I think he was in the finals in 2006 we know that uh, last year he had this really interesting run in the beginning of the tournament where he went on a three-win streak, uh, which people did not expect because in years past he had like one or two points and was always at the very, very bottom. I kind of expect that to resume. I don't see him going on one of these old men uh, nostalgia runs again, I, it, although it was fun to see him do that. He was very, 
very reinvigorated during the tournament last yeah. year in the beginning. He had mm-hmm. some really, I wouldn't say great matches, but good matches. Better I, than you would expect. Bro, I loved the Kanemaru Tiger Mask match <laughs> Just last the two year. grumpiest dudes just going at each other. They did a lot of interesting and fun stuff. No one seemed to love that match as much as me. I do give it a recommend. I really liked Tiger Mask and Kanemaru last year. They were using the young boys as weapons. <laughs> yeah. And hitting each other with young lions, throwing each other into them, which was really cool. But uh, I don't have a lot to say about Tiger Mask. He's just kind of there. And that's about it. Yeah. Expect him to you know get maybe one or two upsets, I think, going around this year. Um, but yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably going to end up, you know, probably like six points, something like that. I don't even think that. I think if he gets two wins, that'll be kind of a big deal. I think he'll be at the bottom. I do see this as being a tournament where there'll be several guys very low, and the most the rest of the field will be right in the middle at the top with very similar point values, kind of battling it out at the end. And I think Tiger Mask can be at the bottom. That's my prediction. Yeah. All right, so next up, we'll be talking about <coughs> Teton from CMLL. This will be his second best of the Super Junior Tournament. His first tournament was in 2013. So it's been a few years since we've seen Teton in this tournament. We've seen him on the Fantastica Mania uh, tours, the co-CMLL New Japan uh, tours that happens every uh, January. Um, Teton, another great high flyer. Uh, also can be technical at some times too. Um, he's also done a lot of stuff on some of like the War of the World, Ring of Honor tours also. Uh, so yeah, well, how are you feeling about Teton? I am feeling indifferent about Teton being in this tournament. Um, they always need to have a good CMLL representative. Um, Teton seems to be one of those guys who can come in and have very good matches competent matches but he's not very he's not overly pushed you know so he's not like a uh you know like a mystico or uh i don't even know what what's uh sincara's name now nowadays is it mistezes or is it uh caristico caristico yeah yeah he's not a caristico level guy or anything like that so he is a guy who can take losses and i don't think he did very well in his last super juniors He's kind of filling the void that Volador has filled in previous years. Mm-hmm. CMLL guys, historically, unless their name is Dragon Lee, don't do very, very well in these tournaments, so I yeah. don't expect him to get a lot of points. I do think that he'll have exciting matches, uh, especially with him and Dragon Lee, him and uh, Sho, him and Ishimori. Those are all matches I look forward to, so it's a kind of nice to have him there. He's definitely a great high flyer, but... He's not like someone that like when I'm like oh my god Teton's gonna be on this card I would have actually rather them have brought in like um who is the who's the young guy that was in the um tag oh uh, Soberano I would rather them bring in Soberano or like uh, should have brought in Barbaro or like oh yeah well <laughs> Barbaro Cabernario has been in this tournament before and I would love that but I think he's too big a, I think he'd have to do well yeah uh, in my opinion yeah uh, or like a Stuka Junior. Someone, mm. someone who's a little less familiar, but yeah, the fans know Teton. He's a popular guy, and he'll do fine. But I'm not like overly excited. I'm about, I'm probably at a four with him. Yeah, I also have him at four. Also, uh, so next up, the heel master Yoshinobu Kanemaru representing Suzuki Goon. This will be his 
third best of the Super Junior Tournament. He was in 2017 and 2018. 23-year 23 uh, pro. Um, he's been in New Japan, All Japan, Pro Wrestling Noah. Um, you know, one of the, we mentioned earlier, one of the grumpiest guys on the New Japan roster. And we always have to bring it up. The most decorated Noah Jr. in history. One of the, like, true legends of their junior division over there. Uh, that hasn't necessarily translated to immense success in the junior division here in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. But, you know, very recently him and Desperado came off of a very long, successful junior title reign that kind of dominated the junior division in 27 or 2018. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, Taka being kind of crafty. Well, Kanemaru is going to be real crafty. You know, he's going to have the, the Satori surprise, that whiskey that he drinks and spits in people's faces. Yes. Um, he's going to be doing all kind of low blows and roll-ups and Dude, feet Kanem- on the ropes. And- when you talk about spoilers, Kanemaru is a spoiler. He's mm-hmm. a guy who can beat... A Any, Dragon Lee or anybody yeah. on He gets overlooked. Yeah, he's going to be overlooked. He's he's definitely someone that you need to pay attention to. And I'll also say this. We uh, we talked last year about how great Desperado was and how he really stepped up his game and broke out and done a lot of things. Kanemaru in recent months and over the past, I'd say six months, has really impressed me in his multi-man matches. And it's like he's been very reinvigorated. And I have a feeling... I don't want to go jump the gun and be like, he's going to have a great tournament, you know, but I think he's going to have a better than expected tournament and he's going to put on some pretty good matches, I would say. Yeah. Um, so where do you have him at at excitement level? Three. Well, I thought uh, you had somebody else at three. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're like the bottom four. <laughs> like to me, Michinoku, Tiger Mask, Teton, and Kanemaru, they're my bottom guys. Yeah. Um, but I do think that Kanemaru, out of all of those guys, I think he's going to get more points than the rest of them. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty decent tournament. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to really spoil quite a few guys. And I could see him being similar point totals to a Gresham or a show in this tournament. Or maybe maybe a smidge beneath like Marty. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. Keep your eyes out on... Uh, Kanemaru guys don't don't totally just write them off so. especially with Desperado not being in the tournament there has to be some sort of positive representation from um El, or from uh, Suzuki Goon yeah. and to me he's he's that guy so he's gonna do well yeah alright so that wraps up the, the a, block. a block so we're at a yes for Dragon Lee a yes for Skrull yes for Takagi and Ishimori those are the guys to really pay attention to when it comes to points total but this block is pretty strong, and it's kind of like we're going to talk about the the B block, which is to me the more athletic, the more flippy one. But there's going to be a lot of hard hitting. Yeah, this is going to be like your grapple, a lot of grappling, brawling. It's going to be a very interesting block. It does have the potential to be not necessarily as good as the B block, I would say. But overall, there's a lot of good matchups. I'm excited for the A block. It looks pretty. Po- I've. It, I'm pretty positive on it. Yeah, me too. All right, so now let's uh, break down the B block, and so we'll be starting off with Bandito representing Ring of Honor. This will be his first ever Best of the Super Junior Tournament. Uh, I'm very excited about Bandito in this tournament. You know, one ten. Yes, I got Bandito. 
on a 10 for my excitement scale for the B block as the person I'm most excited about seeing. I'm so stoked for Bandito! No, I was very pumped. You know, there was a chance of seeing Bandito in New Japan once we found out last year when he signed a Ring of Honor contract. And we're like, man, he has to be in Best of Super Juniors. And I think everybody was kind of counting and hoping on that. And here we are. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, <laughs> Cody. Thanks, Bucks. Thanks, Khan. I cannot wait. Yeah, so super excited to have Bandito. You know, we've mentioned several times on this show, we kind of saw his breakout moment uh, WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans at the WrestleCon Super Show, and he's just been kind of riding a rocket ever since then and has been doing things all over Mexico, all over the U.S. Indies. Like I mentioned, he's now under Ring of Honor contract. He's part of the Lifeblood faction um, doing big things in Ring of Honor. Uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited, like I mentioned, for Bandito. This guy's just incredible. Um, just the stuff that he does in the ring, his high flying, just the risks that he takes. Um, it's going to be great. I am so, 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 so excited for Bandito to be in this tournament. Um, the It's all fresh matchups for us for the most part. It's a lot of guys that we've, we've, A, we've never seen Bandito in New Japan, aside from the um, G1 Supercard, but I think it's a different experience seeing somebody on a dream card that is co-promoted between two different companies versus seeing him brought in as a junior talent. Um, something about Bandito being involved in this tournament just screams like Hayabusa to me. It just has that feel to it. Um, I'm very, 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 very excited to see Bandito here. He's the guy I'm most anticipating in the B block. And, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, man. Just like we mentioned, the, the B block's kind of like the, the high flyer block. Well, they picked the perfect guy to be in here, Bandito. Um, I, I think he's going to catch on real quick with the New Japan fans. I think he's going to get over. By the end of this tournament, I think... The New Japan fans are going to love him and are going to want him back. This is an, such an opportunity to build himself up as a star in Japan and really make his his mark internationally. Um, also, with U.S. fans who are less familiar with who Bandito is, sure he's done a lot of U.S. Indies, AAW, you know all the you know PWG, all this sort of stuff, and then more recently even um, working in Ring of Honor. But I don't think he's been exposed to the general audience the way that. Um, you would, and obviously he was at All In. That was probably his biggest exposure. Yeah. But this is going to be a great opportunity for him to put on fantastic matches, give a great accounting of himself, and maybe even help bolster his star uh, within Ring of Honor because Lord knows they need the help right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so so excited for Bandito there. When you talk about matchups that I'm most excited about in the B block, they almost all involve. You know, Bandito against any number of competitors. So I cannot wait. I yeah. cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm, dude. It's gonna be awesome. So, anything else on Bandito? Well, the big question: Do we see him as being a realistic, likely guy to be towards the finals? Unfortunately, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no as well. I think he's gonna do well, but I could also see him being someone who is middle of the pack when it comes to point values. Mm-hmm. I see him like. Eight points. I could see like eight points, like four wins, maybe even ten. Because with ten, that doesn't guarantee you anything. Yeah. Like you need at least 
like I said, about 12 points. I could see him... Just uh, coming back short, yeah. Coming short, getting a few pinfalls. Uh, there's there's a few guys that I think New Japan's more invested in, but I see him having a fantastic tournament. So I'm going to say no at Bandito. Yeah. So next up, we got the Jet Black Death Mass. Bushi representing Los Ingrobonables de Japón. And I got to tell you, Jeremy, I like the way that you've organized this. I'm going to give you some credit because... It would have seemed that we were doing this in some sort of like value. If you would have gone off of our A block review, you know, it seemed like we had the top guys at the top and the bomb guys at the bomb. But it's actually all alphabetical. Yeah. So we're not. We we, we everything here is completely based off of just alphabet alphabetized names, which I like uh, because we're going with Bushi second. <laughs> <laughs> and this will be Bushi's seventh best of the Super Junior tournament. He was in uh, his first tournament was 2012. Then he was in 2013, 2014, 2016, 2017, and then last year's tournament, 2018. Um, Bushi, um, former one half of the IWGP Junior Tag Champs. Um, he's been tag champs with Hiromu, tag champs with recently Shingo Takagi. They just recently lost the belts to Rapungi 3K. Um, Bushi, you know, he's one of these guys that I, I feel like he's another guy that's going to get overlooked in this tournament. Most, I would say most Western fans don't really care for Bushi or are really, you know, impressed by his matchups. But I feel like the Japanese, very popular with the Japanese audience and with the office. And I feel like he's going to be one of these guys that are going to get some upset wins. If you remember in last year's tournament, he beat Will Ospreay. He did beat Will Ospreay. However, he was almost he maybe he only had one win up to that point it was in the middle of the tournament mm-hmm. um so he didn't do super hot but he did get a win over the champion i could see him being a utility player in that same way um obviously being the second represent uh representative of lij you've got to imagine he's not going to do quite near as well as what we're anticipating from shingo obviously um and within the the group he's got to be ranked number three out of all the juniors just you know behind hiromu Babushi, like you said, very popular, former IWGP champion, f- former junior uh, champion, uh, tag title champion as well. Um, he is always stunting, has the coolest mask, has the coolest looks, but not necessarily the greatest performer in the ring. A lot of that does have to do with uh, the injuries that he's suffered in the past. He is a guy that kind of gets by with a lot of his um character tropes and character yeah, work and the the black miss the the Bushiruni. it's not to say he's not a competent worker he definitely is and if he wants to turn it up he definitely will i'm excited for him and bandito yeah i think that that will be good especially given the fact that bushi has such a, uh, an extensive history of lucha libre experience um i'm excited to see what him and doki might end up doing with one another and i think he's in a much stronger block than he was last year last year he was in that a block we talked Last year about how the A block was pretty weak. Yeah. Uh, the blocks seem to be a lot more balanced this year, and he is in the exciting high-flying bracket. I don't count him as being one of the guys I'm most excited for whatsoever, but he has the chance to have a lot of great performances, and this might be a great pot, uh, opportunity for him to kind of step out more and have more um, solid performances than he did last year because he's got a lot of great guys to work with. Yeah, this can definitely kind of be like a breakout moment for him. Um, like you mentioned, I'm not too excited for either him either. I have him as two on my scale of one to ten. 
Um, while through the magic of audio editing, we did put a pause in between the A block and B block. You're not gonna know that, but I went ahead and spoiled it. You just, you just broke kayfabe, breaking kayfabe, you exposed the business behind the curtain, giving you guys a feel back. <laughs> but um, with that being the case, I'm looking at your ratings now, and I pretty much agree with them. Like I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm at a two for Bushi, but that being said, um, I think Bushi will do pretty well in the points. I think he's going to get booked to do pretty well. Uh, I think he'll be similar to Bandito when everything is all said and done when it comes to points. I don't see him being a guy that's bottom rung when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be a lot more – I think that this is going to be a more equal block just based off my booking. I think that this block is going to be a much tougher race, although there's only a few guys I realistically actually – I think there's more guys in the A block that I could realistically see being close to the finals – that being said, I think that they're going to book this in a more equal manner. Even though there's only like one or two guys I could see going to the finals yeah. out of this block, I think that he will be. I think that that he'll have a closer point total when it's all said and done. Yeah. And um, but because you don't have the same juggernauts you have in that A block, right? But he's definitely not one of the guys I can see going to the even having a shot of going to the finals. I don't either. But stranger things have happened. Yeah. I will say this. Out of the guys I don't expect to be at the finals, Bushi's the one outside guy because of who he is that you just never know. But I don't. I think it's highly unlikely. I'm gonna say no as well. Yeah. So next up, we're gonna be talking about Doki, the replacement for El Desperado, representing Suzuki Goon. This is his first Best of the Super Junior tournament, and I'm um, gonna turn to my resource here. Been looking at uh, Voices of Wrestling. Um, preview written by Andrew Rich. Go ahead and check that out for you know even more in depth information on some of these guys and um, it's a preview um, of the tournament. And um, Andrew reached out to the Cubs fan and got some information on Doki. So he was a. If you, if you guys are not familiar with Cubs fan, by the way, he has an excellent lucha blog. On the internet, I would say he's one of, if not the most knowledgeable uh, writer when it comes to lucha uh, stuff on the internet. He's the guy that I always look to, very prominent on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow, give him a, uh, you know, check out his stuff because he does an incredible job when it comes to covering lucha. Yeah, and I, I figured out he was in New York and we missed him, so kind of bummed that we didn't get a chance to. I don't run, know what he looks like. Run into the Cubs fan, yeah, me either. But I'm sure he, he must have been bouncing around with some of the BOW guys. Uh, but yeah, so Doki, um, mainstay of the Mexican indie scene, having wrestled for practically every indie promotion under the sun. He's also wrestled for various indies in his native country of Japan, including K-Dojo, Michiganoku Pro, Secret Base, and Freedoms. He uses a high-impact, smash-mouth Mexican indie style. Um, so... Kind of a very similar style to El Desperado. Yes, he actually uh, had some very interesting uh, comments during the um, during the press conference, and he said that he was going to uh, enter this tournament to represent his brother Desperado. They're not actually brothers, but I think he's saying more in the sense of like Suzuki Goon brother. Yep, and I think Desperado kind of being because he he mentioned a few guys by name. He mentioned Yo. He mentioned Bushi. And he called them hipster lucha guys, guys that come to Mexico for a cup of a cup of coffee, 
and think that they represent Lucha now and think that they know everything there is when it comes to Lucha. He's like, you don't know anything about Lucha. He said, I'm going to come to this tournament and I'm going to destroy this tournament. Mm-hmm. So some very strong words from him, which he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder when it comes to these guys that have gone on excursions but were only there for a short time and kind of adopt the uh, the you know the Mexican um, and Lucha kind of like tropes and things and integrate them to their character. He's like, but you're not even really Lucha. You know, you think you represent this and you don't. And him being a Japanese guy who's been over there for a long time and, you know, really integrated himself into the world of Lucha Libre, he probably has something to prove. I don't know what to expect for him. I think we're both at a one for Doki, just because we don't know the guy. We don't know what to expect. There's an intrigue there, but it's also like he could be Dookie, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, he might not be good. We don't know. Right. He yeah. could be great. Yeah, so yeah. It's, well, There's no investment. There's no fan investment from us. Right. So, I mean, you know, by the end of the tournament, I could be like, man, this guy really rocks and, you know, should have been more excited for him. Or he could, you know, just be where we have him at a one and just... But, but with him getting this opportunity, it's it's a big opportunity. So, you know, uh, un- although we lost Desperado, we lost Will Ospreay, and there was a lot of great matchups. The B block... You mean, uh, Flip Gordon? I'm sorry, what did I say? You said Will Ospreay. My bad. Uh, Yeah. The, there was the B, to me the B block was the stronger block when you had those two guys in it, um, the amount of awesome matchups. Not to say that A block didn't look strong, but B block looked really strong. Yeah, I mean there was a night that um, Osprey and Flip Gordon are supposed to main event. There was a night where uh, well Desperado he was in the I think the B block the last B block night main event with, uh, against Des, I mean uh, against Fantasma. Against Fantasma. Oh, gotcha. Who we're going to talk about him in a moment, but he's in a lot of main events and high profile, you know, card placements. So, mm-hmm. but um, don't know what to expect with Doki. I do think that the B block is a little more balanced out in terms of match quality because of these two new entrants. It does change things quite a bit. And like we said before, I think that their entrants kind of elevate the point values and totals for a lot of these other guys in the in the tournament. I don't see him being high up in the point values just because New Japan fans don't know him. Western fans don't know him. He'll Hopefully he puts on great matches, but I see him being bottom of the list when it comes to point values. Right. I think he'll get booked very similarly to how some of the Lucha CMLL guys have in the past. Yeah, he'll probably have equal points at Teton. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, he's not a New Japan contracted guy. Like, how many of your guys do you want him beating... Uh, especially if you're probably who knows if we'll ever see him again in New Japan. So I think it's interesting though that we have Bandito and uh, Doki in this block and kind of missing out on matches with, uh, you know, with Teton and Dragon Lee from CMLL. I think that might have been done specifically for political reasons. Yeah, because you know CMLL doesn't really get along with other like Mexican indies or other bigger Mexican companies. Correct. Uh, anything else on Doki? That's it. All right, so now we're going to move on to the head banger, El Fantasmo, representing the Bullet Club. This will be Fantasmo's first year in Best of the Super Juniors. He's won the British J Cup and Rev Pro. He just recently won the Rev Pro, uh, the British Cruiserweight Champion uh, chip from uh, David Starr in a ladder match um, at the product. Rev Pro. Yeah. So, El Fantasmo made his big debut during the uh, Don Taku tour. We know we saw those 
hype videos for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then he finally uh, debuted teaming up with his uh, Bullet Club partner, Taiji Ishimori, and getting the big pinfall against um, Will Ospreay and Dragon Lee. And obviously there's a backstory between uh, Phantasmo and Will Ospreay um, from the kind of the British scene and in Rev Pro. Yeah, so El Phantasmo is a guy that, for me, I've watched him quite a bit. I was very impressed with his showing during the Don Taku tour. Although I gotta say, a lot of his stuff that I've seen overseas, like over in uh, Europe, I haven't been blown away by El Phantasmo. I think he's a really good guy, um, but I think that this is a whole new level, a whole new class of of wrestlers that he's gonna be in there with. I am excited for him. I know you're. I'm looking at your rating. You're a little bit higher on on your excitement for him, but I'm I'm pretty high up there. You're, where are you at with this? So I'm at a nine. You know, I have you know, Phantasmo is a name that I've heard of, and you know, when we hear stuff in Ref Pro, his name always gets brought up. And you know, we covered the news. We talked about him winning the British J Cup, but I've I could say I've never seen a full match of his. And then you know, uh, the Dontaku match was pretty much the first time I've seen him in action, and I was really impressed with him and. Um, kind of blew me away with the rope walking spots and his huge um, Asai moonsault that he did. And I just think he's going to be a guy that's going to tear it up. Um, you know, he does have a history with Will Ospreay, who he'll be main eventing the May 22nd Cork and Hall show with. Uh, and I think that's just going to be an opportunity since those guys both, they know each other so well. Uh, I think that's going to be probably one of the best matches of the tournament. I think I think El Fantasmo being a guy who has come in with all of this fanfare and these hype videos and representing the Bullet Club, which, you know, the Bullet Club as a brand is something that has made a ton of money for New Japan. And they are trying very hard to reinvigorate that brand and to rebuild it and keep that gravy train rolling, losing all those uh, guys from the elite going to AEW. His his inclusion into that group makes a lot of sense, and they're really pushing him hard. Obviously, he got a pinfall win over uh, Will Ospreay during the tag match um, last month. We had kind of speculated that maybe he would pin um, Dragon Lee and then be in the same block as him, but they went the other way, had him beat Will uh, Will Ospreay, which is a big big deal. So we're gonna, you know, like you mentioned, their history and there's a lot of intrigue there. I'm at an eight with El Fantasmo simply for the fact that I think he's gonna get pushed very strongly. I mentioned it earlier on the podcast. He's got very high placement on a lot of the cards. He's in a lot of main events and also like in uh, semi main spots all throughout the tour. He's gonna do well in this tournament and he is. A candidate, in my opinion, to be somebody that could potentially either be at the top of the point standings or even maybe even win the block. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, definitely, he's definitely one of the, the guys in this block that has a chance of going to the finals. And you know, similar to Taiji Ishimori last year, new Bullet Club member pins Will Ospreay before the tournament, gets kind of pushed to the moon in the tournament. You know, Ishimori. A lot of people thought he was going to win the tournament last year. I mean, he went to the finals and lost. Um, so, you know, Fantasmo, he could have the same kind of push that Ishimori had last year, and he could end up in the finals. I agree. So I'm most my, most of my intrigue, it's not necessarily based off of the, the matchups he has. It's more based off of the potential booking that they're going to uh, put him into and just the intrigue of n- not being as familiar with him as a, as a uh, worker, as a lot of guys in this tournament. 
But the the intrigue level and the excitement level for Phantasmo's inclusion is very high. We kind of speculated since last year he, he'd be somebody in, involved in this tournament. And now that he's here, it is an exciting prospect. So very excited for that. And I there is a chance, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you're filling out your brackets, there's a chance Phantasmo is one of those finalists. Yeah. So up next, we're going to be talking about Ren Narita filling in for Flip Gordon. This will be obviously Ren Narita's first best of the Super Junior Tournament. Um, and you know, I am a big Flip Gordon fan, and I am sad that Flip is not going to be in this tournament. However, I am very excited that Ren Narita gets the chance um, to be in this tournament. Ren Narita is a guy that we have... Uh, been singing his praises since we've seen him, especially since that Young Lions project match um, against uh, who's the um, oh my gosh, who was the other dude he wrestled in that match? Um, the dude that quit uh, Yagi. Yagi, yeah. The Narita Yagi matches that we you know we love so much, and Narita is definitely one of the best Young Lions right now that's in this current class and. He's one of the best workers alive today. <laughs> uh, and I'm just, yeah, very excited that he's getting this opportunity to be in this tournament. I think he's he's going to jump at the bit for this opportunity. He's going to um, showcase what he's got. And I think he's going to have an excellent tournament. I'm very excited for Ren Narita. Um, you know, I was talking to Jeremy and I was saying, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, when they had announced originally that Flip was going to be in this tournament... Flip had a great tournament last year. We were excited for him. And, and I think our anticipation level last year for Flip was way higher than it was this year. Yeah. One of the most prolific and, um, you know, accomplished high flyers out there. Then this year, you looked at the block and it was like, you know, it's kind of crazy with how great Flip is. And you look at how many high flyers there are. Will Ospreay, Robbie Eagles, El Fantasmo, Bandito. He's kind of getting – he was like probably like one of the – Guys, I was least – not to say I wasn't excited, but least excited for as far as terms of ranking, mm-hmm. which seemed crazy to me because of how great Flip is. But now that he's out of the tournament, it's very you know demoralizing and it's very disappointing because it's like we were going to see him in Bandito. We were going to see him in Phantasmo. We were going to get him in Osprey again, him in Robbie Eagles. Those were all matches I was like, man, I'm looking forward to. I can't wait. Now that he's gone, it changes the whole trajectory of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jeremy mentioned, we've seen Ren Narita in one other singles tournament in New Japan. It was that Young Lions Cup uh, from uh, December of 2017. He did get no wins in that entire tournament. Uh, on the final night, he did go to a 15-minute draw with Yagi and got his one solid point of the entire tournament. <laughs> uh, but things have changed quite a bit there. He's no longer one of the junior uh, young Lions. He's one of the top two senior guys from that Young Lions class. And it's going to be very interesting to see him in this tournament because he is completely different from the rest of the high flyers in this tournament. He's not a high flyer. He's a technical guy. He is a classic strong style wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's someone who will stand toe to toe with you and hit you with elbows. He's a guy that will work counters and work holds and work a uh, you know, he works the fundamentals that all young lions do. Now, I do expect him to get pretty much squashed throughout the tournament. He's obviously not going to be near the finals. 
The question is, will he even win a match in the entire tournament? Yeah, we, we had a lot of questions about that. Uh, BJ Baker, do you think Ren Narita will get a win? Uh, Rambone Slam Pig, what is the over-under on wins for Ren Narita in the Best of Super Junior 26? Uh, Reddit user Eater Bread, can you see Ren Narita picking up a win in any of his Best of Super Junior matches? Uh, so yeah, a lot of people want to know if, if Ren Narita is going to get a win or not. If he were to get a win, it's possible. Uh, it's not unprecedented because I know Dave Finley got a win a few years ago when he was in this tournament. Yeah, in 2016, and then Hiromu Takahashi when he was a young lion in 2012. Uh, I think they're high in Renarita. I could see him getting a win. If he does, there's only, in my opinion, two guys I realistically see him being able to get a win over that are prime for the picking. One, the mystery man, Doki. Mm-hmm. The other one... Roque Romero. I could see him getting uh, a roll-up victory over Roque. I don't see him submitting any of these guys, but I could see him picking up a win. Yeah, and you know his his snap belly-to-belly uh, belly is so quick. Oh, yeah. And comes out of nowhere. We talked about that last week. I mean, he could hit Rocky or Doki with that and real quick and get out of there and get a quick win. Chances he beats Taguchi? None? Uh, I'd say there's a small chance, but I don't think it's a great chance. But with that being said, we know what the deal is here. He's a young lion. He's probably if he even gets two points, that would be a miracle. Um, I don't know how to do over unders, uh, Rambo and Slam Pig. I'm not. I don't even know what that. I I know it's a betting terminology, but yeah. I don't understand it. So pretty much like you set a number and then you go kind of either over. You either he's gonna get over that number or under that number. Right. But what is? But what's the number based off of? Like I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I, I understand what, the, what what it means. Yeah. But like what is? Over over under two hundred. What does that mean? I don't know. I think you set the number, or she set. I don't know. I don't. But I don't. I'm not a betting man. <laughs> I don't. Have, I don't have a good baseline for what the yeah. number would be. I have no clue. Uh, I I honestly I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna get more. I think if he gets one point, but you know what? If he goes completely like victoryless throughout this entire tournament, that is a high likelihood. Yeah. It's completely possible. And if that happens, I don't think any of us should be disappointed. I think the fact that he's getting this experience, this exposure, and a chance to even be in the tournament at all is a big deal. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to say he's going to get under two wins. And you're at a six for Ren Narita. Yeah. I am too. So that's my excitement level, which is, you know, more than some of these other guys that are going to have great tournaments. So that yeah. tells you how high we are in Ren Narita. We are very high in Ren Narita. He's my favorite young lion. Very excited for this. Yeah. Then a couple other questions on Narita. So Reddit user Eater Bread, why aren't he and Shota Umino on excursion yet when they're both more than ready for quite some time now? Um, I think part of that has to do with the the do, the young lions are in the dojo right now. Like if those guys leave, there's not really much. There's guys. not much left. Yeah, like we've got two. We've talked about Kawados on excursion and. So is uh, Oka. We don't know how long they're going to be gone, but that's, you know, we've already got two guys on excursion. But then if he leaves and if hypothetically Umino leaves, you've only got two Japanese talent that are still there in Suji and Yumura. Uh, there have been some news recently about them bringing in some of Fale's students. Yeah, and the, two of his students recently just joined. Yeah. But even with that, there it's... You know, who's going to work those opening matches? You know what I'm saying? Right. Who's um, going to protect the fans when Suzuki goes on Rampage? <laughs> yeah, and who's going to get punched in the face by Jericho when he's working his matches? Right, you know, yeah. so um, I think that that has something to do with it. 
you know, but I, I couldn't say for sure. I think that's the most likely answer for why it's like they, they haven't restocked the dojo yet. Right. And I mean, there's guys in the dojo right now. Just they're, they're not at the point yet where they can have matches. I think once they those guys are ready to have matches, then I think they send Umino and Narita out. I think what we should do, and this is what would be best for everybody involved, it would help our podcast out. It helped New Japan out a lot. It helped me out. I think that you need to sign up for the dojo system. You need to go to Japan and go live in the LA dojo, Jeremy. Um, that would bring a lot of exposure to what we do. And I'd get to live here without you and Kai and just have the whole place to myself. So it's a win-win for everybody. Plus, you get to get famous. I get to ride your coattails. <laughs> and it's that's what we should do. All right. I'll think about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're always talking about how there's a, not enough black talent in New Japan. You need to go over there and revolutionize. Fill fill the gap that fill uh, the gap. ACH left. Yes. Albert Hardy Jr. Speaking of which, we were at a... Uh, this is crazy. We were at a NXT show on Thursday. We got to see the Time Splitter Kushida. We got to see ACH. We got to see Jonah Rock. We got to see Shane Strickland versus Kyle O'Reilly. You mean Roddy Strong? Or yeah, Roderick... No, yeah, it was better. Versus Roderick Strong. And Velveteen Dream against Adam Cole for $10. Um, I was wearing a New Japan uh, Lions Mark shirt. And when Kushida came out, I, I started shaking my shirt. He saw it. He pointed right at me. So, Junior Ace and the Heavyweight Ace, I've completed the trifecta. Like, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And he, he, tell him. He pointed at me, did yeah, he not? Yeah, I was, yep. Kushida, just like Tanahashi, pointed at you. Yes. So yeah, and you know we were getting uh we were pretty much the the life, uh, the, the energy for that whole crowd. And that Minrag Hall crowd was dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. We it. even got a little um, mention in the Observer. They were talking about the the crowd singing uh, out for Albert Hardy Jr. Oh, who did that? JJ Williams. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we were sitting like right behind him. <laughs> oh, were we? Yeah, yeah. We were. We, yeah, we we're get we were doing the Zack Saber Jr. chant, but for Albert Hardy Jr. He was loving it, bro. Like, ACH was loving it. That's why I was wondering. I was like, man, like, I know Doki's cool and I know Renderita's cool, but it's like, could you, they could have, they could have called Kushida back. They could have called ACH back. It's disappointing. They had to make a call to Paul. Just let him do it. (laughs) Let him come back over, please. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, it's cool. But, uh, let's talk about the next guy. Hold on. One, one more question about Narita from Reddit user, uh, CFC Champions. He says, with uh, Ren Narita entering the best of the Super Junior, do you see Umino getting a spot in the G1? Uh, no, we've had this question before. It's not impossible, but I, unless someone gets injured, there's too much, there's too many talents uh, that would ha- that would get the nod above him, in my opinion. It's not impossible, but I think it's highly unlikely, unless they do something similar to what they did with the New Japan Cup this year and they expand the uh, field of competitors and expand the amount of spots, then maybe. But even with that, I still say probably not. Yeah, I feel like there several juniors would get a spot over Umino. Well, some of them will, yep. for sure. Uh, or at least one of them. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next competitor. We'll be talking about uh, the Sniper of the Skies, Robbie Eagles, representing Bullet Club. This will be his first Best of the Super Junior tournament. We saw him in the Super Junior Tag League um, in October. That's when he made his debut, teaming up with Taiji Ishimori 
for that tournament, joining the Bullet Club. Um, he does have a history also with um, Will Ospreay in their kind of the matches they've had in Australia, uh, and you know he picked up some some uh, wins during that Super Junior Tag League, like he um, pinned uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, forcing him to submit. Um, so I feel like Eagles is a guy that they're. I think they might do something with Eagles eventually. Yeah, I think they're going to definitely push him. Um, but I've got to imagine, this is just my opinion, with Phantasmo and uh, Taiji Ishimori being in the um, Bullet Club and being guys that are primed and, you know, kind of ready to be heavily pushed in this tournament by all indications, kind of makes him the third string guy in the Bullet Club, honestly. Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, is we haven't seen Robbie Eagles have any singles matches in New Japan. We've had some complaints uh, on this podcast about how he's been so highly touted and, you know, very highly recommended. But we haven't so far seen what we would what most people consider to be the best of Robbie Eagles. So he's got a great opportunity in front of him. He's got guys that he's going to be working with that he's familiar with, like like Will Ospreay, who you know, by all accounts, has had near five-star matches with on several occasions. Um, it is interesting. Him and El Fantasma both being tag partners, being Bullet Club members, are in the same blocks. They will be working with one another. That yeah. will be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think they're pretty familiar with one another. Yeah. And um, quite a few other high flyers. Yeah, May 26th in Chiba is when he'll be wrestling Will Ospreay. And that's a semi-main. So that's going to be a pretty big match. And I feel like the wrestling guys that he's comfortable with is definitely going to give him the platform to have a better match and really showcase what he's made of. So I think, like you mentioned, the Osprey match and the Phantasmo matches are going to be, I feel those will be the breakout matches. He just hasn't had the spotlight to really show what he could potentially do so far. So uh, this will really be make or break for him when it comes to his standing within New Japan. And who knows, if he has a fantastic tournament, it could really open a lot of doors for him within this company. He has the chance to like have a better accounting of himself than El Fantasmo. And from a professional standpoint, I know if I'm Robbie Eagles and I'm in New Japan and they're pushing Fantasmo, I want to upstage this guy every night and establish myself as the primary yeah. uh, junior in the Bullet Club mm-hmm. and help myself get my merch over and help myself get <laughs> my title matches in the future. So it's a big deal there. Um, I'm middle of the road when it comes to my excitement for Robbie Eagles, though. Yeah, I have a. I'm at a five. I am too. I'm yeah. right there with you. Just based off of the previous, the Super Junior Tag League, his, his previous tag stuff. So. And I think we're a no as far as potential to go to the finals in this tournament, correct? Yeah, I don't think he has a chance. Uh, anything else on the Robbie Eagles? I think, like I said, I think it's a great opportunity. Hopefully, he makes the most of it, and hopefully, we eat crow and turn around and be like Robbie Eagles is way better than we ever knew he was going to be and having all these singles matches and being in this prestigious tournament gives him that opportunity to do that yeah alright so next we'll be talking about our good friend Rocky Romero representing Chaos and Rapungi 3k this will be Rocky's ninth best of the Super Junior Tournament he was in 04, 05, 06, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, and 2016. Uh, so this will be Rocky's first tournament in 30 years. Um, he's mainly 
uh, kind of been in a managerial role um, since Rapungi Vice broke up in 2017. That was him and Trimbaretta um, formed Rapungi 3K with Sho and Yo. And it's pretty much just been uh, managing them. And he's, we've also seen him a lot in um, English commentary. Um, but Rocky, he's kind of been um, an ace of the junior tag team division. Um, he's won back-to-back -back Super Junior Tag Leagues with um, Trent Beretta. Um, so a guy, I, I think he can still go. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he's kind of slotted. I mean, normally in multi-man matches now, he's the one that's kind of taking the pin. Um, so, I mean, I think he'll have uh, some good matches, but I'm not expecting him to get a ton of points here. Rocky is a guy that is, like you said, he can still go. He's a very competent worker. He's, like you said, a very tenured veteran within New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I think it is going to be interesting the fact that him and Yo are in the same block, being mm -hmm. stablemates and teammates. Um, but there's not a lot for me to sink my teeth into here. And I'll tell you, I, I'm one of he's one of the guys I'm least excited to see. And it's not because he's not a good wrestler. Rocky's a really good good wrestler. But, you know, we don't see him in a lot of singles action. When we have over the past few years, it's been very uh, – I wouldn't call them like – part of any sort of major push you know the last time that rocky was really pushed was during his run with rapungi vice with trent beretta and that's been several were several years removed from that um i thought it was a good move that he wasn't even in the tournament last year i know they expanded this block to, to you know to have 10 guys in each block but i do think that there's some fat you could cut and i don't think there's a need for several of the guys in the other block and I don't think there's a need for several of the guys in this block unless you just need them to be pin eaters and to uh, balance out the block and that's mm -hmm. kind of my feelings with Rocky Romero with that being said though I do think he'll have good matches with a lot of the um, you know top talent that's in this tournament mm -hmm. but I'm not excited for me I gotta tell you I'm at like a two for Rocky Romero wow I'm at four for Rocky I, I see that yeah I see that it's just there's not a like I said not a lot for me to get excited about. Obviously, I don't think Rocky's going to be near the top or even uh, be close to winning the tournament. Um, you know, he, he we're we're speculating whether Ren Narita beats him or not. Yeah, that tells you something. <laughs> um, and Rocky Romero's a good friend of the show, and he's a great guy, and he's a great you know talent and very accomplished wrestler. But uh, as far as this tournament goes, I'm not I, I'm not that excited. Uh, you know, yeah, Rocky is kind of the lower end, and like we mentioned, you know, we love Rocky, friend of the show. Eventually, eventually he'll be on here. Um, but just the the level of guys that he's in there with, man, it's like, and just knowing that he's probably going to be a pin eater, that like kind of kills any excitement that I would really have for him. So agreed. Yeah, so I think yeah, with Rocky, definitely doesn't have a chance of being to the finals. So next up, the funky weapon, Risuke Taguchi, representing Taguchi Japan. Uh, Taguchi has been in quite a number of these best of the Super Junior tournaments. He was in 03, 04, 06, 07, 08, 09, 2010, 2011, 2012, when he actually won the tournament. 
2017, and a multiple-time uh, finalist in this tournament. Um, last year, Taguchi had his lowest points total in several years. Yeah, I don't know. That was something that also kind of threw off people's brackets because I know a lot of people initially were like, oh, well, it's Taguchi. And then it was like, well, well, there's big match Taguchi and these tournaments he usually gets booked well. But yeah, that he was. He usually not- gets very serious. He usually puts on great matches. He had several very good matches in the tournament last year. He also had that surprise roll up upset win over um, Kushida. Mm, yeah. Where he pinned him like- in. Like 30 like, seconds or something? something? It was shorter than that. It was, it was like, like yeah. 16 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and he is a guy that can beat anybody on any given night, but he was not prominently booked in last year's tournament. This year, with it being a more uh, parody-based block, in my opinion, I think he's going to do much better when it comes to points totals. Um, just the fact that he is someone that's featured quite a bit in the junior division. He had a fantastic showing against uh, Taiji Ishimori this past year uh, when he challenged for the junior title uh, at the New Beginning Tour. Um, I think Taguchi's going to do well in this tournament. I really do, and I think that we are. he's in a more demanding block this year than he was. Well, actually, he was in the B block last year. He was yeah. in a pretty demanding block. Yeah. But I think he's going to... Um, have some very great showings. We're going to get big match to Gucci again this year. And I'll tell you what, my excitement level is not super high for Taguchi, but he's someone that has, in my opinion, a slight outside chance to be a potential finalist. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, I can't see Taguchi uh, being a finalist. I, I do see him getting like eight points. Getting like four wins overall at the end of the day, uh, but I don't think I don't see him being a guy. I can see him being a spoiler. I can see him stopping somebody from going to the finals. But I don't. Here's think- the thing: there's not very many guys that could potentially win this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've pretty much said no to everybody except for El Fantasmo up to this point, and I think we've only got one other guy we're, we're going to agree on. So at that point, you're saying it's a it's a two way tie between two individuals. If there were anybody who has an outside shot. You know, I liken it to the G1 the year that Goto went to the finals against um, Kenny Omega. Nobody saw that coming. Everyone was pretty dead set. It was either going to be Tanahashi or Okada. And then they both got knocked out by having a draw at the end and afforded a chance for uh, Goto to go into those finals against Kenny Omega. I do think that there's a slight chance, a slight chance that Taguchi could go to the finals. I don't think it's likely, given the fact that they are going to be at Sumo Hall, but people do underestimate Taguchi's popularity. And if he has a great showing in this tournament, he, I don't think he's going to have eight points. It's a 18-point field. He's going to have at least 10, maybe 12 points or more. Really? Yes. In this block with this many guys who are not going to get super pushed, you know, I think he's going to be right there with your banditos and and guys like that. You just got to look at the field and it's like he's going to get more points than Romero. He's going to get more points than Arita. He's going to get more points than Doke. He's going to get more points than Bushi. He's not. Are you sure about that? I'm not totally sure about, about the, Bushi. I'm not totally sure about Bushi, but he's. I would say it's likely he's going to get uh, more points. Um. Uh, see, I I think I think Yo, 
I think he's going to kind of be similar to Shell. I think both of those guys are going to get pushes. I think they're going to get. Blocks. I think they're going to get pushes too. But a ten or twelve point uh, field, like I think it's. I think in the A block, you're going to get a, a couple guys that have really high point totals. But in this block, you're going to see a lot of guys taking a lot of pinfall losses, meaning that 10 or 12 points is going to be much more attainable for everybody involved. Taguchi's going to – I know I said the same thing last year and I was proven wrong, but this field is way less stacked in terms of pushed talent. He's going to get a lot of points. I'm not saying he's going to win. Yeah. It's – it is unlikely, but Taguchi's not going to be at the bottom of the rung in this tournament. Not this year. I don't think he's going to be at the bottom, but I think he's going to be... Or even in the middle. I think he's going to be the middle. He's not going to be in the middle. He's going right. to be towards the top because it's Taguchi. We'll have, we'll have to agree to disagree there. I, th- I think he's going to be in the middle. I, I just... I'm looking at this field. I'm looking at the guys that he's in there with, and I don't see a lot of guys that are going to get pushed harder than Taguchi. I think a lot of guys are going to get pushed harder than him. I think Yo is going to do surprisingly well. I think Bushi is going to do well. Obviously, you got Osprey and Bandito. I think Robbie Eagles is going to do well also. Fantasmo. I think there's a lot of guys that are going to be on, on top of, of, of where Taguchi is going to be at. I disagree. Right, cool. I disagree. I think but, – but here's the thing. I agree in one stance that you're right. I think all those guys have the potential to surpass him, but they're all – I think almost everybody in this tur- in this block's taken at least two losses, and if that's true, then there's no way Taguchi's going to be in the middle, All right. unless the only way that that's possible is if to- the only way Taguchi's in the middle is if people are taking less pinfalls than that, you know, like two or three. Um, if you 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 need a couple guys, go- you would need like three guys, three or four guys who only do one or two losses. For Taguchi to be at the bottom. Instead, I think you're going to have a lot of guys with three or two losses who only end up with, let's see, you've got 18 points, right? Mm-hmm. They lose three times. That's 16, 15, 14. You're going to see a lot of guys in the 12 to 14 range. A lot of that, in my opinion, in this block. Um, and if that's the case, Taguchi's going to have 10 or 12 points. All right, well, I guess we'll just have to see things play out and see who's right in the end. Uh, so next up, we got the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay, representing Chaos. This will be Ospreay's fourth best of the Super Junior Tournament. His first tournament was 2016, in which he was the winner. Then he was also in 2017, where he was in the finals, and then 2018, where he failed to reach the finals. That was last year. As the champion. Um, yep, as the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. So Osprey's back here for his fourth tournament. Definitely one of the favorites to win the whole block and to win the whole tournament considering um, his kind of heavyweight push that he's had this year. Uh, starting off with beating Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom for the Never Openweight Belt. And then he's had pinfall victories over Jeff Cobb, um, Lance Archer. Bad Luck Fale. Bad Luck Fale. Um, so yeah, a lot of these heavyweight guys he's been pinning, uh, Hikaleo, he's been pinning left and right. So, um, Osprey is coming into this tournament pushed further than, than he's probably ever been before, being that he's kind of breaking into the heavyweight ranks. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they book him here, because you would think with him 
beating heavyweights that it would be weird for him to be losing to a lot of uh, juniors. I agree. Um, taking it even a step further back, and that was a great recap of his most recent um, heavyweight run, but one thing you got to also look at and consider, Will Ospreay in 2018, after he won the junior title at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, he went on a string of incredible junior title defenses uh, from January going into the best super juniors. He, he was still the champion. He had a very strong tournament. Even though he was in a weaker block, he was kind of the most um, I, I like successful guy. He was putting on the best matches. They, they weren't match the year caliber matches, but he was having a very – I think he was the MVP of the A block by far. Um, and then after he dropped the title to Hiromu at Dominion last year, he only had one other junior match uh, basically against Marty Skrull, uh in their title eliminator. He lost that. And then from that point, he's been almost completely absent from the junior scene. So it was like he had a fantastic junior run all the way through the juniors into Dominion. And then one last junior match against Skrull, And he's really hasn't been involved in the junior division at all. Um, he started wrestling in all those multi-man matches with the heavyweights and then went on his never run. Now he's back, and he was a guy that we're speculating might not even be in the best of Super Juniors this year. But once the announcement was made that, you know, Sumo Hall would be one of the destinations and, you know, the kind of star power, this is a guy that they've really built up over the past year, like you alluded to. And you've got to imagine he's going to have a fantastic tournament. Will Ospreay, I'm at a 9 for Will Ospreay in this tournament as far as my excitement level and he is my pick to win the B block uh, I'm at an 8 for my excitement level with Ospreay um, he's also my pick to win the B block so we both have a finals of Shingo and Will Ospreay I think with the finals being in Sumo Hall you need a big first time matchup with two big stars um Shingo is the biggest rising star of the A block. Osprey, uh, the biggest star in the B block. Um, I think that makes. I know some people might say it's too obvious to do Shingo and Osprey, but New Japan oftentimes books the most obvious thing. You know, sometimes you overthink things and think that there's going to be some kind of swerve and there's going to be something's going to come out of left corner. And there are occasions where they do surprises and there are some swerves, but. I would say majority of the times these things are booked out um, pre-logically and are right there in front of your face from the very get-go. Yes. Um, very obvious. So I think Osprey and Shingo um, is the way to go. That's a match that's going to put butts in the seats on June 5th for Sumo Hall. Um, so, you know, definitely I would think Osprey is going to do very well. Honestly, in my uh, prediction contest, I only had Osprey losing one match. Now, that's an interesting thing. Now, if Will Osprey is super dominant in this tournament, which is a possibility and maybe even a likely possibility, just given his dominance uh, since leaving the junior division, um, and also given the field, how I talked, you know, when we talked about Taguchi, I mentioned there's not a lot of guys that I could see going to the finals or having, you know, tons of points you could really book it to where Will Ospreay is that guy who is a standout going towards the end of the tournament. I did try to do a little bit of cheating and because it's one thing that you can usually do to, to figure out where New Japan's going with things is when they 
uh, release the entire tournament schedule. You can kind of look at the final nights and see who's matched up and if that will give you indication. And on the last night, I think he's going against... I don't even know. It's I think he's going against... Taguchi? Uh, Narita now. Against Narita on the last night? Yeah, hold on. Because he was supposed to be going against Flip, I think, on the last night. That's one thing that gives me a slight cause for pause. Um, let's see. Yeah, he's going... No, actually, he's going against Taguchi. Sorry. Okay, going... I was right. It is Taguchi. Yeah. Okay, so Jeremy, again, that's one reason why I think Taguchi's going to have a lot of points towards the end. That's one other thing that's influencing my opinion about Taguchi's placement is because Taguchi does it like if will the only way that will that taguchi it would make sense where he wouldn't have a lot of points like you said is if he's strictly a spoiler there uh because the other big match on that night is gonna be um el phantasmo and he's taken on who doki okay and that's another one where it's like that's a foregone conclusion so it's a that's that's why i was saying on the finals of the b block night it's really strange because mm-hmm. we're used to like now, if they were like it's Phantasmo against Will Osprey, then you'd be like, oh, those are the two guys that are most likely. It makes a lot of sense. It's easy to kind of predict, but with them going up against two guys that probably are very unlikely to win, um, you've got to imagine that it's going to come down to. I don't even know. That's, it makes things well, very strange. Well, here, here's a scenario that I've booked out. Okay, so I have Osprey and Phantasmo. Uh, Going into this night tied, having having close point totals, right? And eventually, pretty much both of these guys are going to win their matches here tonight, and it's going to end up with both of them with a sixteen point tie. But I have Osprey beating Phantasmo, so he has a tiebreaker. So Osprey will go to the finals. Here's the only thing with that: um, that's possible, except for if Will Osprey's already beaten him, mm-hmm. and Will Osprey's in the opening match against Taguchi. And then Phantasmo's in the finals, and you already know that if he wins, he's going to tie Will Ospreay and be beat. Then you've essentially already established the winner of the whole tournament in the opening match of the night. That's not likely considering the type of booking that um, Gato likes to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not impossible, but it's not likely um, unless the unless the order yeah. of the matches yeah, I don't are, think – because if you look at the cards on New Japan, they have the – the undercards are listed first, second, third, fourth, but it's not fifth. necessarily ordered, right? But the actual best, the block, the B block final matches are not listed the order um, that they're going in. I just, you could be right there, and that would make I think, honestly, looking at that final night card, I think Taguchi and Will Ospreay will probably be the fi- the main event. Yeah, because you're not you're not going to main event with Romero versus Bandito, Narita versus Bushi, or Fantasmo versus Doki, right? And so my thinking is this. You, you, what you just laid out is possible. And if Taguchi's there just to play spoiler, that would make a lot of sense. And everything you're saying is very logical. But I also could see a scenario where Taguchi has an outside chance of winning the tournament and being in that final match against Osprey. It indicates to me he's probably going to have a lot of points in the tournament because it's Taguchi. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I'm still seeing Taguchi in the middle of the pack. And and so to me that's very anticlimactic if you only have two guys going up against outside guys who have no chance, and it's basically just like a, an eliminator at the end. And that's it could possibly be the case, but that's not necessarily how Gato likes to book. Um, but getting back to Will Osprey here, um, he, I think he's the likely winner. 
Um, and I, it, it is hard to kind of predict what the trajectory of his uh, tournament's going to look like, but I, th- I do see him having a dominant, uh, uh, you know, a dominant um, tournament. The thing with Osprey, though, is that he's not getting pushed exactly the same way as Shingo as this juggernaut who's just running through everybody. I think he's going to beat the majority of these guys, but in my opinion, I think he's going to – he's a guy that gives back. He really is. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to drop pinfalls to at least two guys in this tournament, at least, and wind up with about uh, what, what 14 points to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there's even a chance that he probably loses the tournament in the final. I think that this is his swan song for the juniors. I think this is the last time we see him in the junior division. Yeah, we had a question about that from a Reddit user Mookie1515 saying, do you, do you see this as Will Ospreay's last Super Juniors? If I feel the writing is on the wall, he'll be doing the G1 this year. Has anyone done both in the same year? You know what? I had We got this question previously, and I had said that I thought that um, Liger had done it in 2000, but I found out he actually only competed in the G1 that year, not the best of Super Juniors. Gotcha. Um, but I do know Prince Devitt did it in 2013, and we actually had someone on Reddit name another wrestler who had done it, but I was not for, as familiar with. Yeah, I saw that comment too, but I wasn't familiar with that person either. Um, yeah, uh, Finn Balor, aka Fergal Devitt, is the one person that. Uh, I'm most familiar with doing it. Let me see if I can pull that name up. Um, uh, Tachito Takawa in 2000. Takawa. Takawa. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly. Tatsuhito Takawa. I don't know him. Yeah, so those would be the only two people who have done it. But yeah, I mean, I do think this could be Osprey's last uh, best of super juniors tournament and then this will be his last kind of run as a junior and then he goes to heavyweight from here and he's in the G1 and then we'll see him in the heavyweight because I think it's his swan song I think he's gonna be very dominant but I also think he's gonna drop a few losses to kind of give back to the division that's my prediction gotcha but I think that him and Bandito him and Bushi him and El Fantasmo him and Narita him and Robbie Eagles him and Rocky, like, I think Will Ospreay is the guy to look out for. Even though I'm most excited for Bandito, like I mentioned, I got to be at a nine for Will Ospreay with how ex- he's he's in the running for Wrestler of the Year right now, and this is going to bolster that claim. And he's going to have excellent matches almost every night. Yeah, I think he's going to be the MVP of this block. I do too. Yeah. All right, and finally, last but not least, the High and Mighty Yo. Representing Chaos and Rapungi 3K, this will be Yo's third best of the Super Juniors. He was in 2015 and last year's 2018. Uh, so he's back here again, 2019. Um, in there with his uh, manager and coach, Rocky Romero. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how, how the matchup between those guys uh, run. Plus, I think him and Osprey were in the same block last year as well as members of Chaos, and mm-hmm. so they're going to run it back again. And they had a very good match last year. Yeah. So, and in, in 2015, he uh, he got zero points during that run. He was a young lion. Yeah. Um, but last year, uh, I believe he got six points um, in the tournament, just like Show did. Uh, so both of them kind of booked on even playing field there. 
Um, but I feel like since then, both of those guys have elevated. Done, yeah, have been elevated. Have done incredible work in the junior tag team division, and I feel like both Sho and Yo will do better this year than they did last year, and will be um, elevated even more here. I agree. I'm very excited for Yo. Last year, he kind of got established as like the wacky roll-up guy. Yeah. He didn't really uh, have a, a established finisher. Does he even have one now? Yes, he used that uh, the dragon suplex. That's what he used to win the. That's right. That mat, uh, the junior tag title match, the rematch against uh, Shingo and Bushi. He hit that dragon suplex on Bushi. So he has an impact pinning combination now, which I love the dragon suplex. By the way. Um, I think he's going to have an excellent tournament. He's just another, you know, little diamond, another little gem in this excellent B-block tournament. Um, I'm very excited for him. And last year it was kind of like he was finding himself, but I think he's really found himself as a performer. And we're going to see what he's made of this year. And he's going to do very well, just yeah. like I think Show will. And I'm, I'm excited. But I don't think he's a, a guy that has an outside chance to win this thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I have him at a seven for an excitement level. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for to see what Yo's going to do this year. But like you say, yeah, I don't think he had a shot of winning um, or going to the finals. I think we both would agree, and I, have, I haven't talked to you about this, but I knowing knowing both of our opinions, did we both think that Desperado had a good chance of being one of the top guys at the end, maybe even winning? Yep. Yeah. So that's what another reason why I think things have really changed with this tournament. Yeah. But man, uh, Yo, I'm excited. I'm excited for Yo. I'm excited to see what he can do. Him and Bandito is going to be awesome. Yeah, that's oh yeah. Him and him, yeah, it's going to be a good. Him and Osprey, yeah. Him and Fantasmo. He's he's going to have a great tournament. I agree. All right, so now we're going to talk about some uh, kind of block matches that kind of stand out. Some matches to kind of keep your eyes on. Um, but first, we have a question from Reddit user ABlue3. He said, what matches from each block are you most looking forward to? Okay, so we've gotten this question quite a bit, and obviously this is a stacked tournament. Like, really stacked. And, I mean, we could go all day and say, I'm excited for, you know, this, 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 this. this. I mean, there's so many matches. And, mm-hmm. you know, this tournament, not only is it so stacked, but it's daunting. We've talked about how they expanded the – what there's like what like 30 more matches than there was last year yeah holy crap in a way shorter period of time than there was last year yeah so we're gonna be watching this in uh, you know hyperdrive or overtime it's gonna be tough uh tough i think we discussed this before the show and i think it's gonna be a fun thing for us to do me and jeremy are each gonna pick two matches we're excited for from each block but the catch we cannot use the same wrestlers that we used for our picks and I will let you go first for the A block. So out of every match that you can see in the A block right now, what match are you most excited for? I think I am most excited for the the big one, uh, Shingo Takagi versus Sho. Shingo versus Sho, wow. Not Shingo versus Dragon Lee. Dude, they have done an excellent job building up the Shingo and Sho rivalry and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm salivating. I'm, I'm at the point I, I want to see it. They've been killing each other in tag matches the whole year. It's time to get these guys one-on-one and see who the true alpha is. Okay, that's great. So, obviously, I think we would say almost all of our excited matches are going to involve Shingo. So, that knocks out a lot of the matches I would have picked. But I will go second. I'm going to take Dragon Lee and Taiji Ishimori. We saw them have an excellent title match uh, at Dantaku. I'm excited to see them run it back again 
And that's very, very exciting for me. Dragon Lee and Taiji Ishimori. Nice. So now I got to pick from A Block again, right? Yep. And I can't use Sho or Shingo. Or Dragon Lee or Ishimori. Gotcha. Um, in that case, I will go with. Marty Skrull versus Jonathan Gresham. That's a, the exact match I would have picked. That's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, that I think that's going to have a totally different flavor from a lot of the matches on on the A block entirely. So, yes, very, very excited for that. And then um, I will go with, in the A block, from the bottom list of guys, I will say that I am excited for a match between... You know what I'm excited for? <laughs> I'm excited for Tiger Mask against Kanemaru, Grum- the return match. <laughs> the Grumpy Man Battle. The Grumpy Man Battle. That match was excellent last year, and even though it's probably not going to be as good as it was last year, I'm very excited for Tiger Mask and Kanemaru. All right, so I'll let you go first for the B-Block. Okay, well, it's real simple. Um, I'm going to go with the big two because we saw this match, WrestleMania weekend. It's got to be one of the most anticipated matches of the entire block. Bandito versus Will Ospreay. Run it. Give it to me. I want it. Nice. All right. So Bandito, Ospreay off the board. Um, I will go with uh, El Fantasmo and Robbie Eagles. Ooh, that's an exciting one. That's one that I definitely can't wait to see. Very excited for that. Um the next match that I would probably pick, I'm going to go with Ren Narita because I'm excited for Ren Narita in this tournament. And I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Rocky Romero because ah, okay. I think it's the one match he has a good shot at picking up a win there. And Rocky Romero works a lot with these young Lions. I think that that's going to be an excellent match. I'm going to go with Narita and Rocky. Okay, well then for my second pick, I'm going to go with Yo and Bushi, um, just based off of the chemistry that those guys have had in their junior tag title matches. That's almost the match I would have gone with. With their whole, you know, when it was Bushi and Hiromu, and then Bushi and Shingo against um, Sho and Yo, Uh, so I think those guys could have a great matchup. Excellent. So we've got a list here of notable matches. Real quick, so so that kind of answered Rambo and Slam Pig's question because he wanted to know other than Sho and Shingo what would be our most anticipated matches. So we kind of covered that. Um, and then Howard Schilling asked, "What match could be a sleeper match of the tournament?" Well, we talked about a lot of the matches that are most anticipated. Um, if there's a match of of the tournament that I think could be a sleeper match that people aren't talking about, I think it's. I think that. The one you mentioned between Skrull and Jonathan Gresham has a good outside chance of being a, like a sleeper match of the tournament. Yeah. Or even, you know what else? Hmm. Show and Jonathan Gresham might be excellent. Yeah. And that might get flashbacks of the show and uh, Kushida. Kushida. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go through this kind of list of uh, big matches to kind of keep your eyes out, out throughout the tournament. Um, so first on the uh, opening night show of May 13 uh, I talked about it being my most anticipated match Shingo Takagi versus Sho yep arguably the most anticipated match of the tournament we've got two bitter rivals meeting in singles competition for the first time ever it's been built and built 
we it's the most built match in the entire tournament. Very excited for that. Then we got uh, Dragon Lee versus Taiji Ishimori also on May 13th. This is a rematch from Wrestling Don Taku. You know, I went 4.75 on that bad boy, so I'm hoping that they duplicate that. Yep, that one was great the first time. The second match should be no different. Um, on May 15th, we have Jonathan Gresham taking on Takamichinoku, a dream match between two technical masters. That should be really good. Yep. Also, then on the 18th, we got Shingo Takagi against Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Um, kind of like I mentioned with Yo and Bushi, uh, Shingo and Kanemaru have worked really well together in um, their tag matches with um, Lij against Suzuki Goon. Um, so it'd be I think these guys have great chemistry and can pull off a. Uh, a, a favor here. Kanemaru uh, work really stepping up his game as we mentioned earlier, and this being a main event of the evening has a good chance to get a lot of time, be a uh, great candidate to be a great match of the tournament. On May 22nd, Will Osprey is taking on El Fantasmo. Um, Osprey is looking to gain revenge uh, from his Don Taku tag loss. We we talked about the history between these two guys, and it's a main event in Cork and Hall, so. Um, I don't know what to expect there. I don't know if Will Ospreay is going to put this guy over to really establish him in Japan. Although you could say he already did that on the Dantaku tour, and now it's his chance to get his comeuppance and maybe, uh, you know, make El Fantasma look great in defeat. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going. I have Osprey winning that matchup. Uh, but yeah, this this should be a, a classic and one of the best matches of the tournament. Then on May 23rd, like you mentioned, we saw this at the WrestleCon Super Show in April. Will Ospreay versus Bandito. That match was great at WrestleCon, and we're looking forward to seeing it. It's going to be in front of the Cork and Hall crowd. We know the Cork and Hall crowd is great, and they're usually pretty hip on um, wrestlers and with the, the backstories and rivalries. So. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be a better crowd than the Super Show crowd was, and it's a bigger stage with more eyes, a bigger audience, it's going to be a great match. And them having that sense of familiarity after working together once, this is going to... That match could literally be like the Osprey Ricochet of this year's tournament. Yeah. Um, then another notable match on May 23rd, same night, we have Dragon Lee taking on Shingo Takagi, which just sounds freaking awesome. So, I mean, that May 23rd show is going to be stacked. Yeah. Uh, May 26th, we have Will Ospreay versus Robbie Eagles. Uh, we've been hearing about all the classic matches that both of these guys ha had against each other in Australia. And I feel like this is the match that can open the door for Eagles to becoming a star in New Japan. I feel like Ospreay is going to do his best to uh, have a five-star match with Eagles and get put him on the map here. Yep. Uh, this is the year that Will Ospreay gives back to the junior division. I mean, he always has, you know, been giving a lot, obviously. But, yeah, he's he's got a lot of guys to make, and trust me, he's going to do it this yeah, year. and Eagles is the one guy I have beating Ospreay in the tournament. Hot take. On May 31st, Show, and the, Show versus Jonathan Gresham. That was another match that I just recently mentioned. And, um, you know, if you really loved the Show versus Kushida match from last year, then... You want to like circle this match. Show has showed his competence when it comes to working that style, and Jonathan Gresham is one of the best in the world. So it's going to be excellent. Then on the thirty first, we got Shingo versus Taiji Ishimori, uh, which will potentially be the match that decides who's going to win the uh, the A block. 
Um, so, you know, former junior champion, juggernaut in the division, um, that should be uh, one to tear the house down. Yep, and then the final anticipated match of the tournament, Ryazuki Taguchi taking on Will Ospreay, which is a potential B-block deciding match. Um, I know we have differences of opinions on where uh, Taguchi will be, but let's not forget that Will Ospreay and Taguchi was the finals of the Best of Super Juniors the year that Will Ospreay won this tournament, and that match was near five stars. So when we talk about big to, big match Taguchi, um, and some some people listening to this probably think I'm a Stanford Taguchi. I'm not. Like my my I told you my anticipation level is pretty low. It's like a four for him. But if previous encounters tell you anything about what this match could be this is one you might really want to this could be a match of the tournament that really steals the show and taguchi can still go so yeah that's a big one all right well that that wraps up our best of the super junior 26 preview uh good luck to everybody who's entered the contest and good luck in trying to keep up with the tournament may Uh, the odds ever be in your favor (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, we're definitely. I know we're gonna have to be on our A game with this tournament and keeping up with it because there's there's a lot of matches that like we mentioned, like over thirty more matches this year than last year. So. My God! But it should, <laughs> it, but it should be great, especially those nights on where we're getting like ten singles matches. That should be a different pace and just um, some great great shows. Uh, Pray to God you don't drop that yellow cake. <laughs> <laughs> So we got some off-topic questions that we're going to wrap the show up with uh, from uh, Reddit user Maserati. What up, Maserati? Yeah, Maserati, actually, he's uh, joined the writing side of Social Suplex, dropped a column uh, last week, and is working on another column right now. So Maserati, part of the team. Well, based on this question, I can see he's been writing, because this is a long one, but I'm going to read the whole thing. Is it too controversial for me to think that Naito isn't at the level he needs to be to become the IWGP heavyweight champion? I get that he's crazy popular. If that's all it takes, that's fine. But not every match he has is a banger. He's had some rough matches with Suzuki, and sometimes his destino looks a bit sloppy to me as a finisher. I feel like he's not exactly at the level I expect of the next ace. In multi-men matches, the LIJ matches are my must-sees of the factions, but standalone, he has left me disappointed in some of his feuds. Also, I've gotten the impression with the recent push Sonata's getting uh, that they're going to groom him for the main event spot later in case they completely give up on Naito before he gets too old or injured to become the next ace. Am I way off base here? Because I just like Naito. I think he's currently right where he should be at the main guy at the IC level. Man, Maserati Woo! with the Fired hot shots. He's trying to get the LIJ fans to unsubscribe from this podcast. Shoot Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shooting on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. So what, what do you think? Um, I see where he's coming from, but I don't agree at all. On, uh, respectfully, I don't agree with this take. Now, he's not wrong in saying that, uh, you know, there have been times where Naito's had matches that didn't deliver. But who who hasn't had that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, you could point to other top wrestlers like your Tanahashis, your Kenny Omegas, your Okadas. And trust me, when I name those list of guys, I those are not a list of guys that I hold in a higher regard than Naito. I think Naito is a top 10 best wrestler in the entire world. Who hasn't had off nights and who hasn't had matches that didn't deliver? Nobody. That's impossible. Um, 
I get what he's saying, though. Some of those matches, especially the uh, series with Suzuki last year, was very highly anticipated, and it didn't seem to deliver. But, dude, look at Naito's G1 run. Look at his series of matches with Okada. Look at his series of matches with Kenny Omega. Look at his series of matches with Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. He consistently delivers at the top spot. Look at his matches with Ibushi just this year. Uh, yeah, uh, Naito is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Now, with that being said, I, ne- I don't think Naito's ever going to be the ace of New Japan. I don't think he's going to be the ace. Yeah. Uh, the reality is there's one ace. His name is Kazushika Okada. He's going to be the ace as long as he's at the top of the card of this company. Um, it's going to be quite a while before someone dethrones him, and it's not going to be Naito. Right. I mean, it's probably going to be a good 10 to 15 years I don't well I don't know if it'll be quite that long because if you look historically there's very few guys who like are at the top 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 you know for that long even mm-hmm. when you look at like like you know Muto and Hashimoto and Chono like they were still top stars but they kind of got surpassed by guys and that sort of thing yeah. I mean same thing with Inoki so but it I think with how young and how great that's what I'm saying Okada yeah. is you know but in 5 years maybe and I don't think Naito is ever going to be the ace. What I think Naito will do, hopefully, and should, I think Naito will get a main event level title run that people have been clamoring for. They want it. It's coming. I still believe in it, and it would be a huge misstep if that doesn't ever happen. And I don't think he's wrong in saying that Sonata is being groomed for a possible a possible main event spot. Yeah. That's possible. But, yeah, I think that, um, I think that you have to – draw a clear distinction between a top-level heavyweight title run versus being the ace. Just because you're at the top with the title for a period of time does not mean you're the ace. Look at Kenny Omega. Right. Let's be very clear. Kenny Omega he was, was not, not the, the ace. ace. Yeah. yeah. That When you talk about who the ace of the company... And I know that's a term that there's some... Um, confusion. F- confusion and fluidity when it comes to that. But, like, you know, your aces of the company were... Tanahashi, then Okada, and that's where we're at, and there's been no in-between. Yeah. <laughs> there hasn't been an in-between. There's not going to be until they uh, start to push you know, Naito down, which is going to be a little while. But um, to And, you know, I've had criticisms about the Destino and things like that, but the reality is, is like Naito is one of the best wrestlers in the entire world, and he deserves what people have been pushing for him to get. And that popularity that's back behind him is part of the reason why he deserves that. Right. What are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, if New Japan's trying to be monetistic, I feel like Naito's a guy you put the IWGP belt on and you ride that popularity. You put the belt on him, and, and then he, he beats, beats everybody. everybody. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, Naito is so popular as it is without the IWGP title. Imagine what happens when he wins the belt, like. He's going to be at an all-time high of popularity. You're going to have continued, you know, packed houses, sellouts. Uh, you know, there's a big LIJ fan base here in the United States that's going to help with the Western expansion. So I feel like Naito is a guy that he can be at the main event level. And I, like you mentioned, with all his incredible five-star and above matches that he's had over the years, like, I think it's a no-brainer to make this guy the champion. To, to me... And this is not a perfect analogy, but if I had to draw a, a similar uh, analogy to me, if Okada is your jumbo, then Naito's like your Tenryu, and that's not a bad person to be. 
you know if okada is your mizawa then naito's your kawada and that's not a bad place to be but make no mistakes about it that's not a secondary upper mid card act we're talking about legendary all-time hall of fame top of the level card a guy who can draw in any company anywhere in the world like he's he's one of the best that has ever done what he does and he's got the star ratings to prove it he's got the the merch sales the drawing power to do it like naito's the man he's the man yeah i mean yeah they should build him up eventually yep uh next question from will cmm on reddit uh, he said, if we get Okada versus Naito for the IWGP Championship and then Ibushi versus Tanahashi for the IC title as the respective main events for Wrestle Kingdom's Night 1 and 2, what do you see Jay White doing? The U.S. never are below him now, so do you think he will be in a special singles match? And if so, who with? So I do think he will be in a special singles match. And if I'm Gato, I put him against the one-wing angel. Kenny Omega. <laughs> uh, that's a possibility. Um, you know, one thing I could see Jay White doing as well is maybe work in Jericho. Yeah. Potentially yeah. Uh, in the Dome. Um, anybody else that, like, is high enough level? I mean, depending how Osprey does in the G1, maybe mm. you do the Osprey-Jay White rematch. Yeah, that would, be, that would make a lot of sense. Give him to Shingo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh I don't know that those will be the, the main events of those nights, but you've got to imagine Jay White's going to be doing something big, mm-hmm. you know, and he's one of the top five or top six guys in the company. So, yeah, um, I think that Kenny Omega is a possibility. I think, like we said, Jericho's a possibility. Uh, will Ospreay's a possibility. Those are all possibilities for sure. Yep. Um, so last question comes from Muzza. He says, with New Japan increasing the number of competitors in the Best of Super Junior and New Japan Cup, could we see the same for other tournaments like the G1 Climax, the Super Junior Tag League, and the World Tag League? I think possibly. Um, although this past year was weird. With the World Tag League, we had more competitors, but... One block. One block. And same for Junior Tag League. And the same thing for the Junior Tag League. Um, I preferred... To some degree, I think I preferred the two-block format for different reasons. With I've said this for years now, and I'm going to keep saying it and, until they do it. I don't think the G1 Climax needs to be expanded for the competitor base unless they are going to split the blocks into multiple blocks. I think for business reasons, I think four blocks makes a lot more sense. I just do because you can get more guys involved. You can have you can have a less strenuous schedule for the guys that are working, and you can protect a lot more matches. One thing that people complain about in New Japan is how many times we see these guys compete against one another and repeated and recycled matches. But you can protect matches if you have, like, say, six guys in one block, six guys in another block, six guys in the other, and six in the other. And you can actually do two tours. You can actually run more shows, make more money, and have less less uh you know uh repeated matches that way that's what i would do and then do a you know an a block final between the two blocks b block final between the other two blocks and then have a final that's mm-hmm. what i would do if they're gonna expand it anymore at this point there's no reason to they are it's already how many guys are in that aren't aren't there 10 guys in each block in g1 yeah yeah so just 
if they're going to expand it to 12 each, they might as well just split it. Do six six guys in one block, six guys in another block. And I think my I think my I still stand by this idea. And I don't know they'll ever do it, but they've changed the format so many times over the years that it's not impossible. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you've been mentioning that pretty much since the first time since we started the show. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I think I'll be down for it. So. So yeah, that wraps it up with uh, the questions. Um, just a few quick news uh, items here. So the New Japan World number is doing great. We've got an estimate. This comes from the Wrestling Observer of 120,000. Um, and so pretty much the, the big story here is that um, since Wrestle Kingdom, there has not been a decline in New Japan World subscription. So bringing in um, you know guys like Jericho, um, has helped bring in Western fans to the product, and they've kind of stuck around with guys like Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, Ibushi as the top Japanese guys, and with English commentary for so many of the shows. So, you know, people can complain about bringing in Jericho, but it's, it's a proven fact that he's bringing in um, New Japan World subscriptions, and they're actually staying. Here's why this is interesting. There's been a trend in previous years. The trend usually is they get a high week for Wrestle Kingdom and then people cancel their subscriptions and there's a gradual decline, then a pickup for the G1 and then a decline and then a new record usually gets set at Wrestle Kingdom annually each year. But this year is different in that there is no decline after Wrestle Kingdom. They set the new mark with these big matchups that they did and then they've stayed steady with their uh, subscriptions, which just kind of tells me, man, it's like... You know, if you bring the people in for a big show, but then you continuously put on a great product, people will stick around. Mm-hmm. Also, it's not rocket science. <laughs> also, the New Japan on Access ratings uh, have been reported to be in the double digits since the move to most recent shows and having the feed with Kevin Kelly and who's ever commentating with him instead of JR and uh, Josh Barnett. Yeah, it seems to be that having um, more recent shows and having them updated quicker um, seems to offset whatever interest might have been lost by uh, losing a lot of the elite guys and more well-known American stars. So people are still sticking around at, because they have a more current product that they're putting out on Access. Right. It's not like you know they airing matches like three or four months behind like they were right. at one point. On May 6th, Kazushiko Kata threw out the first pitch at the Fukuoka SoftBank's Hawks game. Um, also, uh, in other news, Taichi headlined his own show that he co-produced with Takamichinoku. show was on May 7th at Corkin Hall. Uh, he beat Ryosuke Taguchi uh, 28 minutes and 4 seconds with the Black Mephisto in front of 1,270 fans at Corkin Hall. Um, There's a couple other, I know in the opening of that show, uh, Shota Umino picked up a win against uh, somebody, I don't know who it was. <laughs> And then um, one of the the other co-main events, Takamichinoku, I think he wrestled Rocky Romero. And then there was the death match that uh, injured um, Desperado when he took on June Kasai, which it's June Kasai. I mean, what do you want? Yeah. Um, and finally, the last bit of news, Dominion tickets are available internationally now. So pick those up. Yeah, so by the time you hear this, uh, yeah, those Dominion tickets will be available and so, yeah, that's going to wrap things up for this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back to pretty much cover the first week of the Best of the Super Junior Tournament and all the news in New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at KI Strong Style. Also follow us at Social Suplex on Facebook. We're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. Also join us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I'm the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping a strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at Social Suplex.com. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can check out all our other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesdays, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling. Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. On Thursdays, we have NXT Then, Now, and Forever with uh, James Boyd. On Saturdays, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. and Amy Euler and... The whole cast that uh, Floyd's putting together there. Don't forget to sub- subscribe. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the, the ace, ace of, of podcasts. podcasts. Itchy bye. Niggas, disperse. <laughs> <laughs> Scatter. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.